Good afternoon, Gerald. Yep. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? And good afternoon, everybody. It's, uh, I know it's my favorite time of the week. Hopefully it's your favorite time of the week as well. This is gaming sessions and everything under the sun. I am, of course, David, a.k.a. Vincent DB82. Um, you know, just trying to survive here in the virus-torn wastelands of North Carolina. And uh, over there on the other side, we got Gerald. Go ahead and say hi again. Yep. Gerald, a.k.a. Tsukinode, with many, many other aliases that I'm not going to bore you uh, bore everybody with. Hmm. All right. So, how was your week? It was all right. Um, nothing too out of the ordinary. Uh, making videos for the chan for the YouTube channel, trying to figure out why Twitch was always Cracking freaks out, out with the games. Yeah, I I don't know. I can only at this point until I can do more investigation into it. I can only assume that the streaming is the issue, that there something was happening with the like the way it was streaming and it was just screwing it up. Um, but until I can figure that out, I don't think we're going to be... There's no point in using Twitch anymore until I can figure out why it's doing that and can fix it. Because right. nobody's able to see anything anyway. So... Yeah, and at least on my end, it was uh, Discord. I guess I wasn't as loud as I could have been on the last uh, episode we recorded. So we're switching back to Anchor for now. So you should be able to hear us both loud and clear. Is that all you had for your week? Um, nothing too, yeah, not really anything too eventful. I, I've honestly been spending the most of it just recording videos and editing. Um, I, did I check out anything new? I don't think I checked out anything new that wasn't for the podcast. Um, well, I thought you had said something about the Red Light District. Red Light District? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I, I wish there was a valid red light district around here. I'd have to stop dealing with all these nitwits and bars. <laughs> well, see, that's your problem. You're dealing with nitwits at bars. Well, I try not to, but that seems to be the best place. Clubs and bars. Like, I mean, I could go to church, but I'm not. Mm. <laughs> like... Mm. I just well, I mean, don't. You could always, could always go to the synagogue on Fridays. I could not do that too. <laughs> like my fr- like even my friends have been tr- uh, my friends are have bless bless them have been trying to like set me up with a girl, but she's a she's a church girl and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like I well not of course I'm not a church girl, but I'm not a church boy either. I like I don't was, go to church. I was about, I was about not, to say, um, is there something yeah. you need to tell us, Charlie? Right, and uh, 
Like I, I don't. Uh, something. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Continue. You do keep interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Uh, like I don't go to church, and she's like, she has, as far as I can tell, she has the faith to where if like she accidentally does something against the faith she goes through days and weeks of like just stress like mental and and uh dogmatic stress and i'm like yeah that's not me like that it, it i'm i'm spiritual but i don't i i just can't bring myself to uh be a part of these faiths because while they have good ideals and I do follow their ideals because I, I think there's a lot of uh, I think there is a lot of oh, what do I need? I need shining arc stones. Right, right, right. Um, while I think there's a lot of good messages in faith, like don't get me wrong, I don't think religion is just trash. I Oh, you're a party leader. Um Indeed. I think it right, brings so. good uh, what is the word I'm looking for that I can't think of right now at the top of my head. I, I think it has good I, ideals is just the best I can come up with right now. But I think it has good ideals. Like I, I do believe there are some things in religions we should follow but then it's all the bullshit religion also brings too. The blind faith without tempering it with common sense. I do not care who tells you to do something wrong. I don't care if a god tells you to do something wrong. I don't care if your god tells you to do something wrong because that there is a distinction between those two. Um, mm. Don't do something wrong just because something tells you it to do so or that it's okay to do so when you know it's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> mm. Like, as simple as right. that. Um, <clears throat> so, but she is a full-faced no. Christian. So I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work because I'm not that. And mm. I haven't had a relationship with a believer that has not crashed and burned. Because I'm okay with them believing what they believe as long as it doesn't hurt anybody and if it be, and if i see it and and it's like hey i get it it's your faith but you're hurting this person i'll try to stop it right i'll i'll get in the way of that i'll be like no 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 stop <laughs> that's not okay and that never goes over well it never goes <laughs> over well when you try to tell someone who's that deep in the faith that their faith is wrong and it's not that their entire faith is wrong; just this part of it is wrong, right? But, and that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest conflict I have with people who are so far into their faith that common sense and decency doesn't play into it. It's that it is a convenience for them; they don't like it when you tell them mm. that there's a part of their faith that is wrong, but. They they won't adhere to all of the rules of their own faith, so it's a thing mm. of convenience for them. 
but God forbid you say that maybe that's just not a part of the faith that you, maybe that's something that needs to be taken out of the faith. Maybe that's something that needs to be changed and they just lose their shit. How dare you? Oh, you're trying to change my religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I haven't seen any religion that's exempt from this rule. Like not a one. Like I've talked to people of all walks of religions and not a one is exempt from this. They'll have something messed up and you'll be like, well, that's not okay. And they'll get offended that you would question their religion, but they don't follow half of the good tenets that they should be following. So what can you do? Well, (laughs) on that note, I think there's one that, I honestly can't think has a a bad thing. Buddhism. Unless I'm wrong. Mm, I can't think of anything really off. The only thing about Buddhism is... It's not necessarily a religion. It's more of a an ideal well, or something. It, It's not even that. It's that Buddhism. Buddhism is originally what is it? Is it a Chinese religion? Indian. Is it Indian? But it, uh, yeah, because Siddhartha was an Indian prince before he uh, renounced all that and became the Buddha. But I think he he traveled to China. Or, you know, a lot of it took uh, took root in China and things like that. I don't know. My uh, my knowledge on it's a tad bit rusty. Oh, okay. I was going to revive the person, and then they just vanished. Hmm. Or they probably left. Because yeah. it's not going as fast as they want it to or some shit. But what we we had this we actually you said it we both said it twice in the last two podcasts that you know religion tells you to put your common sense on the street corner and come follow us <laughs> right yeah pretty much like don't worry you'll uh, your common sense will have plenty of friends <laughs> try to get this thing to stop clicking hmm. Well, hopefully, hopefully your friends will realize you don't want the Jesus girl. Well, it's not. It, once again, it has. It's not me saying I don't want her. It's me saying I don't think we're compatible. Like I've met her, we've interacted. She seems like a cool person, but when you're that far into a faith, that is going to get in the way. It, it just is. Like, right. Yeah, it, understandable. Like, and unfortunately, it's very. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would like to be like, well, maybe we could just try it, but it's. <sighs> I have a tendency you of being a feeling. Well, no, I have a tendency to be very accurate in my predictions of how people will interact because I always make a mm. prediction of how I'm going to interact with a person. And I, I I do it based off of their actions and the things that they do and the things that they say. Um, right. And 
I haven't been wrong yet about that kind of interaction. If one if one person is religious and the other person isn't or is of a different religion, it always causes a conflict. The people who work that out are the exception to the rule. But more often than not, that cannot be reconciled. Right. Yeah. And once again, she like if she goes off of what she considers the beaten path, she's already having like she's already stressing herself out like, oh, I did this and then, and then going to church and doing 10 Hail Marys to to repent and stuff. I I I cannot see being in a relationship. No, wait, with, wait, she's she's Catholic. Uh, no, she's Christian. Well, Christians don't do hail ten hail Marys. I used it or, as an know, example. Her fathers. Okay. I, I yeah. used it as gotcha. an example. <laughs> it is gotcha. it, it, the the point is she gets all stressed out that she did something that was against her faith, and then has like mm-hmm. a breakdown about it has kind of a breakdown about it right and it's all like i need to repent and stuff like that and i'm like i because it, it, me in a relationship with someone like that i would just be like look that doesn't matter <laughs> at all literally doesn't like you didn't do anything wrong you didn't fuck up here and your religion is and christian religion is wrong about 60 percent of the time you don't, you, hmm. but for them, it is a thing, right? For them, it, it's the perspective, right? So you can't tell someone like that, just get over it, right? That's not how it works. So I know how I would react in that kind of relationship, and I can't see it going well. <laughs> right. I was going to say, if, if she gets like super anxiety about just messing something up, that's probably not somebody you want to deal with anyways. Because, yeah, it's, uh, it's not fun. Uh, yeah, we got, we got left behind huh. by, by the peoples. Yeah, they do that. <clears throat> that's the weird thing about the community in Dauntless. Sometimes it can be really cool, but other times it's not. Mm. Yeah. Some bitch. Come here, you. We're also dealing totally with a that giant pain in the butt. Yeah. Like, I didn't know dicks could be made out of plants. That's to be fair. But yeah, that was pretty much my week. It was just mostly editing and video making and uh, looking at stuff, uh, uh, listening to podcasts and things like that. Mm. Mm. Indeed. Considering quarantine, it's not much to do. (laughs) Well, I'm essential, so I get to go out and interact with people, and they still just get all up in my grill, and I just kind of want to scream at them, six feet, motherfucker, but I can't do that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, well, businesses. (laughs) 
news this week. Um, Christy's kidney and liver functions have normalized, so there's a chance she might come home soon, which is good. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, that's like the... Would you knock it the fuck off? Do you have any uh, res things, or have you used them already? No, I haven't used any. I was trying to refrain. Okay. Some bitch got off me finally. Um, let's see. I've finally almost got caught up with editing the podcast stuff I just have last week to do with um, Audacity. And I'm actually kind of relieved that we're going to be using Anchor for a while because it takes way too damn long to uh, get something edited in Audacity. It could be just because my laptop's shitty, but like I, I load the file. It takes like five minutes because it's not responding. You know, I select a have to scroll through to get to, you know, the end of a segment, then I cut and paste, and then that's another five minutes because it's not responding. But I've just got last week's episode to do, and then uh, then I'll be caught up, and I'll get those put out. Sorry, listeners. Uh, it's been kind of a rough start to 2020. And uh see. I got a uh, an Xbox game for 85% off. It cost me three bucks. It's called Wuppo. It's interesting. It's like a, I'd almost say it's like 8-bit, maybe 16-bit graphics. And it's like a platforming puzzle. I'd almost uh, color it in the vein of, of a Metroid or Castlevania game because you have to have certain skills or certain knowledge to get to a you know, another part of the map. Yeah. Uh, I watched Bleach last night, the movie. With the live action or uh, one of the animated ones? The live action. Oof. The live action. Yeah. Um, and no, no offense to Japanese guys, but some of y'all look way too girly. And dude, I keep saying like I was uh I was actually <laughs> watching uh a Twitch channel of a uh, of a YouTuber that I uh, that I like, and I was watching his Twitch channel, and he was he was literally playing <clears throat> uh like Japanese. Mm. He was uh hmm. he was playing um like uh Japanese pop bands, so he was playing like the girl mm-hmm. bands and then he was playing the boy bands and when the boy band came up I, I outright said if they all had long hair you would not be able to tell the difference you would not be able to tell <laughs> that they were boys literally wouldn't be able to tell which explains anime more and more and how the only way you can tell a boy from a girl is if they have long hair or certain stylized type of hair or titties. Or breasts, yeah. But I was like, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to tell. Like, even though they were wearing, like, boys' clothes, you still could have mistaken them for girls if they had long hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was interesting. Uh, I'll put it that way. 
Definitely not like the manga. Probably definitely not like the animated series, but it was interesting. Uh, seeing Renji's Bonkai in quote-unquote real life was kind of cool. <clears throat> and uh, Orihime definitely was not the Orihime I remember from the manga. You only say that because her boobs who probably weren't as big. They weren't. <laughs> <laughs> she did have the little uh, flower hair uh, hair barrette, though. I'm going to drop down a and healing I forget circle. Who... Oh, where'd the thing go? That's probably probably a good idea. It's over there. Um, who was the other girl? The the other friend? Uh, of Ichigo's? Like his other close girlfriend? Yeah. Right, so there was Orihime, and then there was, was uh, a short-haired... Chad. Uh, yeah, her. Well, there was uh, there were two, because then he runs into Rukia, who is the soul reaper who gave her powers to him. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't get you up. You gotta use the thing. Um, and I've used all my things, because everybody else bailed like a bunch of pansy asses. That one shot me. Of course it did. Uh, but, um... Even when I and I thought I dodged it, but apparently you can't be inside of its radius at all ever. Um, but uh, there's Rukia, and there's another black-haired girl that goes to school with Ichigo and Orihime, but I can't remember her name. Yeah. Anyway, she was she was there too, and I, I just couldn't remember what her name was. But uh, was she like a tomboy? Yeah. Then yeah. I know who you're talking about, but yeah, I don't remember her. I don't remember her name. Yeah. So that was last night. That was interesting. Um, we did another chapter of D and D, which um, I don't know. It seems really chaotic, and it takes way too long. Mm for everybody to type or swipe out what they're what they want to do but uh let me let me segue into that and i'll start with the start the next segment with the D D session so um we will pause for a moment and we will be right back god that was just awful did you get anything uh i got stuff just not important there's nothing i need from the kosha i just need the freaking stones right so my friend i guess because they're quarantined or something wanted to play a D D game I guess he's got a shop up there in Maine where he lives, where he would go to play, but because, you know, social distancing and, you know, no more than 10 people together, whatever, they canceled Mm -hmm. it. So he decided to do it on Facebook. So I went on to dndbeyond.com, made a character. I chose a paladin who ended up being uh, of noble birth, but lives modestly Hates to get his hands dirty. Uh, 
is in love with someone from another family that his family doesn't like. And what was the other one I picked? Oh, I don't remember, but he's a paladin. And um, I don't know, you've, you've played a, a lot of D&D. Why, why does shit always end up on a damn ship? Um, <clears throat> that depends on the DM. Uh, the yeah. last couple of D&D games I've played have not even gone near water. Let alone ended up on a ship. That completely depends on your DM. Uh, if they're playing a module that has rivers and oceans, or if their homebrew world has rivers and oceans. Yeah. So, um, Thursday night, we all end up at the tavern in town. I ask, being you know, being someone of noble birth, I ask for the their finest, uh, what I say, like finest logger or something, and yeah, their the, finest uh, lodging. No logger, like their finest drink. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually just your finest drink. <laughs> yeah, and if you have so, something in mind, you'll ask for it specifically. Yeah, it was something like that, and then the DM as the NPC was like, huh. We've got uh, we've got rum, grog, and wine. And I was like, fine, I'll take a glass of your wine. And like, keep in mind, this is like I've played one or two games, part of one or two games. My friend Josh has probably been playing for a good twenty years. Everybody mm. else, brand new to the game, which is fine. But when you're doing this on Facebook. And you have like a, a group and then the DM makes a post and then everybody's like commenting on the posts. You, now you, you don't usually roll for initiative when you're talking, right? Uh, only if combat is about to start. So let's right. say you're talking to someone and that triggers combat and the enemy is getting a, surpri a, a surprise round, then yeah, you'll roll initiative. Okay, so I don't know it was just very, very chaotic, which shouldn't be a problem since I chose a chaotic good character, but I don't know it just i I thought it would have been better if we had voice mm. in, instead of like five people typing out or swiping out at the same time. So I guess somehow uh a wave was coming from the from the water and there were mermen attacking like I, I didn't know what the hell was going on I didn't see the actual post that should have been made about it mm -hmm. so but one of the one of the characters was getting attacked so I was like all right I'm gonna go try to save her and then the bartender was getting attacked it's like i'm gonna go to save her and i'm gonna throw a dagger at that thing attacking the bartender now the weird oh jesus all right let me get my blades <coughs> uh, and the other weird thing so much damage yeah the other weird thing that he's doing maybe it's I don't remember 5e rules being like that, but like when he has this roll for initiative, we're using a D10 and using the lower score. Like you're not trying to 
meet or surpass your your save. That sounds like uh, the Warhammer tabletop works that way, where your stat is thirty five and you always want to roll below it. So maybe he's he he must be. I'm assuming he's using a home brew a home brew system because otherwise you should be rolling a d20 and adding whatever modifier to it. So with initiative, yeah. it's plus your dexterity modifier. So you'd roll a d20 and whatever comes up on that plus your initiative. So he's probably yeah. using a different system. Something. And uh, so I ended up the, the dagger hit the enemy fighting the bartender but I ended up, uh, <clears throat> I think, collapsing on top of the girl. Mm-hmm. But still saved her. I just fell on her. And I'm wearing, like, really nice, expensive, no- noble armor. So it weighed her down. <laughs> and then last night, he started up another session. And it was all basically a course in seamanship. So, okay. Yeah, like he had us roll uh, wisdom checks to see if we knew, like, aft, starboard, port, bow, shit like that. Um, hmm. How long has your friend been playing (laughs) DD? Well, I would assume for a little bit of time at least. But I'm, uh, I'm starting to wonder now. Uh, wisdom is like a common sense check. And the only reason I bring this up, like I said, he may be using his own personal system and he feels like that should be wisdom. But if you're asking someone to roll to see if they un- know how a skill, like a skill like uh, like sewing or architecture or something like that, that would be a knowledge check. It would be a knowledge check to see if you have, if if you have that skill, if you have any uh, ability in that skill. A wisdom check is usually more like, do you notice certain things? Do, can you sense a person's motives? Things like that. Because wisdom hmm. is just experience over time. It's not, do you have a skill? Knowledge is do you have a is normally you do you have a skill because so hmm. it, it's kind of like it it's kind of like uh in this it, basically using the same scenario he's he's basically uh with a wisdom check asking you if you've basically been around the ocean or boats enough to have picked anything up without actually having any knowledge of how to run a boat. So it would be like if uh, it it honestly would be like putting someone in a foreign country and going, well, did you learn any of the do you know the language? And you're like, well, I picked a couple of (laughs) I I think I understand what they mean when they say some things, but I don't know the language. Instead, it would be a knowledge check to to see if you if you know it, like if you've ever studied the language to know what things are instead of you just passively learning it by hearing the natives uh, refer to things as the same thing over and over again. And does that right. make, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's okay. like the, the thing uh, 
intelligence is is knowing like a t- or like wisdom's knowing tomato is a fruit or something like that. Right. Constitution is being able to eat a bad tomato. If you're there, you go. Um. Damn it! I saved that thing to my Pinterest too. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It just it just seemed kind of off and weird, and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. If this whole thing is going to take place on the boat, I'm probably going to duck out of it. <laughs> well, did he explain anything about how he's running the campaign? Because it doesn't sound like he did. It, it doesn't sound like he explained nope. the system he was going to be using or anything. And you said that nope. besides him and you – Everyone else is brand new to D and D. Like I, like I don't want to just. I don't know your friend, so I don't want to just come out of the blue and be criticizing him. But I don't know what he's doing. He should be <laughs> making sure that everyone understands the rules and how they work. He should be <clears throat> making mm-hmm. sure that uh, if he's asking you to roll for something, the reason why he's asking you to roll for it especially if you're brand new you don't know um yeah so it's yeah it it feels like there uh, there were a lot of steps skipped here <laughs> yeah yeah um but I, I guess we'll see what happens What'd you do? Try to hit one of the ones with a bubble? No, I just randomly got hit from no from out of nowhere because freaking lag spikes in this effing game. It's really starting to annoy me more and more and more. I and I, I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to just enjoy the game because there are things about Dauntless that are enjoyable, but shit like this is becoming annoying. It, it like shit like this is mm. really starting to pile in, just pile on top of itself. Be- mm. So, and sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Continue with your, continue with your week. Continue with your week. Yeah. So, you know, and when he had first mentioned this, I was like, okay, well, do you have a Roll20 account? That's like the first time I played D&D was on Roll20. And it's a good way to do it because you can do voice and video. And, uh, you know, you can, it has a way that you can roll dice. So, you know, like somebody's, you might not trust their role or something and you, and you can have access to your character sheets and all that good stuff on there. And then after that first match, I was, I went into our discord and set up a text channel. That way we're not trying to look through multiple Facebook posts to find out where the fuck we're supposed to be. And I was like, Hey, I set us up a, a, a a D and D channel on uh, discord and Josh was like, uh, I don't use Discord. And then one of the other girls was like, yeah, me either. Like, okay, just trying to make it easier, whatever. <clears throat> uh, oh. So, well, I hope it goes I mean, better. It just, I, I hope things go better. Sorry for the interruption. I hope things go better in your subsequent, uh, in your subsequent games. But it sounds like your DM needs to explain how his system works. Um, he needs to be very clear on everything he's doing because he has new players. And this is very much going to color how they see any future games that they play. Right. Um, but continue. 
Well, that's that's basically it for D and D. So, yeah, short, easy segment. Um, we shall pause here, and then we'll start in on Dararara uh, and Castlevania. So we'll be back in a moment. And we're back. And that was yet another spectacularly shitty hunt. <laughs> okay, so on that. And I know I've brought up a lot of issues that I have with this game. And some possibly, maybe I was just nitpicking too much. Mm. So we're sitting here trying to get these freaking arc stones. It's the, the high quality ones, right? We can't well, the, pick the monster we want to... F- the mid, they're mid quality because there's, like, there's another level above that. And they're like, these these patrols you do, you get one revive. It's like fighting... Uh, shadow chicken or giant lightning bug <clears throat> with the okay. long ass. So yeah, these are the mid-tier stones that that I need to get so I can increase my weapon to its uh to its second to last level. Because what the highest is eleven, right? The highest grade is eleven. So far, or increased since the patches and updates. So far, all any stuff that I used. So right now, my max is ten. Okay, so trying to get my weapon up to 10. We we fight the, the tree plant one. I forget the name of it. Um, yeah, the Koshai. So we fight the Koshai, and this thing is just teleporting all over the place. So, And I know I reference Monster Hunter World a lot, but it is literally because this game reminds me of... It, it so much reminds me of Monster Hunter World, just not done as well. So there's a monster monster hunter world called Diablos that also digs underground. You know what it you, you know what it doesn't do is first off it doesn't do it all the damn time. It hmm. the Bushai we fought literally just kept burrowing underground almost six times consecutively. Hmm. Also, also, if Diablos goes underground. You know what the game gives you to deal with that if it becomes it because you can't fight it or attack it or affect it when it's like that. There is actually an item in the game called a screamer pod that you can drop down on it and force it to come out, and it like it kind of, it stuns it while it's underground, and that forces it to come out of the ground. So so it can't just it, it's not just invincible and in getting free attacks for no effing reason. Like, hmm. who designed this? Who said that this was okay? Did no one playtest the monster? And then the freaking thing we just fought with the uh, that keeps shooting out all of the spikes that create little uh, electrical ball uh, shooters, basically. Like, yeah, it, it the shoots shock out. Shot the Nezaga. Yeah, the shock shot, the Nezaga. So, yeah. it shoots <laughs> out all these spikes, and the spikes. Uh, set up next to each other in twos or fours or sixes. And in between the spikes, they'll generate an electric ball that they then shoot out. And these things home in on the players. They don't just shoot out in a path. They actually aim at the players. Who thought that was a good idea? It's one thing (laughs) to make it just shoot out in an area. It's another thing to literally turn them into, uh, into homing bullets. What? And 
And it's not like it does this two or three times. It does it all the time. And they'll be, they're basically, ta- we'll just call them towers because they're basically turrets. And it, it'll mm-hmm. set up like 10 of these things at a time, all of mm-hmm. them with homing bullets. Oh, oh and don't and forget I- the shields. Well, yeah, and then some of them get shields because it, 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 we, we need to make it harder for the person. Now, in a Nezaga fight, you already are down a person because if you have to have one person who's constantly destroying these spikes or the fight is impossible, you cannot beat this thing when it has all of these turrets up shooting you constantly. You have to have someone dealing with those spikes, right? So what was the bright idea to make that encounter harder let's give some of the spike shields so it actually slows down their ability to deal with something that they have to deal with or they can't win oh and then i was going around destroying all the spikes and then i randomly got hit by one of them and by one of the turrets and i was like where did that come from so i pan around there are two spikes up on one of the cliffs in the trees. Oh. Oh, what? <laughs> are you fucking kidding? So not only do not only do we have to chase not only are we down the damage of one character because we have to ch- we have to have one person constantly chasing these things around to destroy them so they don't just kill the whole party. You're telling me that mm-hmm. when this thing it spikes out it can actually unintentionally set the turrets up in places far away and that would be and that we wouldn't notice where they are they could be hidden you're telling me it can set these turrets up in hidden spots go fuck yourself developers who made this (laughs) and who signed off on it epic games Fucking stupid shit. This is the kind of shit I be I be talking about when it when I when I'm always like anyone listening to this might be like, oh, he's always shitting on Dauntless. And it's like, right, but Dauntless literally does things that you should be shitting on. That is a stupid mechanic. Why would you build your encounter like that? Now, also keep in mind, since these are mid-tier stones. It's a mid-tier enemy. So yeah, that original Nezaga is not going to have the spikes with shields. Well, it'll right. throw the spikes and they're, and they're all unshielded. So you, you, know, you get that one person going around knocking them down. Right, but you have to put that in context. Because when you first start off, the normal Nezaga is already hard enough. The entire point of a game like this is that you progress. You you start off and things are hard. So you have the Nezaga as a good example where it shoots out the spikes. And it may set up like four or six turrets. And one person has to make sure that they're going around and dealing with that problem. But as you defeat the Nezaga and the other uh and the other creatures, you buff up your armor, and that becomes less and less and less of an issue. I'm in a full set of tier 10 armor, and I'm losing half my health. Now, don't get me wrong, the armor I'm in isn't the, uh, uh, isn't the, uh, isn't shock terror. armor, so it le- or terror yeah. armor, so it lessens the damage even more, but Tier 10 is the second highest tier in the game. 
your armor doesn't get much better than that. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be two or one shotting me. And not to mention that when the Nezaga hits you with one of its electrical projectiles, it stops you from healing. You can't res people. Like who designed this encounter? Someone who hates themselves? <laughs> like <laughs> It's just the thing is, it's not hard. It's and we were talking about this too about stuff like where it's not hard. It's just irritating because it's just the game telling you you're not allowed to win. It doesn't have anything to do mm. with your skill. It doesn't have anything to do with your ability, and it doesn't have anything to do with how much you've been playing the game. It is when the game says you can win, you can win. Mm. That Somebody's been a, playing some Total War Warhammer. Well, it's not just that. I was watching uh, someone playing the new Kakarot, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game, and all of the bosses have super armor, and it's the same concept. It's the game. It's not that the encounters are have been made difficult or entertaining in the way that they work. They're just they're just like let's just give the AI a bunch of crap that will be a pain in the butt to deal with. It's irritating. Mm. It's not difficult. And there is a distinction right. between that. Well, let's, let's try an escalation, see if that helps. You, you can get the, the stones from a, a regular encounter, but it's not the guaranteed 10 plus, you know, 10 more because you have the, the patrol bonus. Yeah, like we might have to so, just yeah, go so, to. We might just have to go to doing the uh, specific ones. Uh, like I don't mind mm -hmm. taking the extra little bit of time so that I'm not being irritated out of my mind. I just want to sit down and actually <laughs> enjoy this game, and it's making it really difficult to do that. Right? Yeah, understandable. But uh, so let's talk about. Duverara. It was what we said, episodes eight and nine, right? Yeah, episodes eight and nine. So, um, I forget if it was episode eight or nine, but we we see Kelty do something that is so typically, and I don't want to sound sexist, but so typically woman. So, and I I think yeah, so it was episode eight. So it was uh, Shinra doing the narration and we we all know by now that Shinra's got the hots for Kelty or Selty. I, I say Kelty because if if it's like a nickname of of Celtic like the Celtic people or whatever I, I say it with a, a K instead of a C all right anyways but yeah so we all know he's got the hots for her and he wants her like she doesn't have any any transporting stuff to do. So he's like, let's, you know, let's spend the day together. Let's do stuff. It's like, where, where would you like to go? And and of course, she can't talk. So she's got her uh, her little I really PDA like or the sword. What? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just saying I really like the sword. 
it's fine. But hey, looky there. <laughs> we finally got a death. <laughs> well, all of our players stayed here and there weren't a bunch of bullshit mechanics. The Shrikes, I think, are mm. probably the most balanced creatures in the game. Because once you the learn, elevators. yeah, like once you learn them, you can beat them. They don't have a bunch of bullshit gimmicks that don't that make the fight irritating. It's are you skilled enough to beat it? Go beat it. <laughs> like right. But continue. Sorry. I, I I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just that I really actually have found that I like the long sword. I'm surprised it took me this long to really use it. Yeah, they're they're fun. The the uh the exotic one is is pretty fun. Ooh, get this fucker first. Get the speed demon. <laughs> oh, oh damn it. I'm dead. I'm trying not but, to uh, be. So, yeah. So Kelty's like, well, you know, I don't really want to go anywhere. And then she's like, how about I cook for you? And uh, so he plugs the he plugs the internet back in and they look at recipes and stuff. <clears throat> and she, you know, you it it cuts to another another person, but then you see her drive by and she's got a she's got a grocery store bag that's got leeks and stuff in it, and uh, you know she cooks she cooks him the food and he's just sitting there eating it. He's like, "Oh, this is so good," and she's just getting irritated. Uh, quick, another interruption. Uh, this is actually a good uh, example of this. But this entire interaction is a very good example of, like you said, the very woman thing to do, but also the very man thing to do. Because instead of giving an honest opinion, he decides to just bullshit and say he likes it, regardless of exactly how it tastes or anything. Which is kind of why she was mad. But continue. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I thought he was being sincere in that he liked it. He, It didn't come off to me that way. Yeah, well, you know that that explains it then. <laughs> so he's eating. He's talking about how good it is, and she's just getting more and more pissed off. <clears throat> and like, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone type that fast on a keyboard before. Well, she is a supernatural creature. Yeah, and then she was like, <laughs> "No, don't eat it. Stop eating it." And then she's like, "No, I said stop it." And then all of a sudden, she wraps all the food up into a shadow ball. So, you know, I guess if you're if you're trying to appease a doula hand, don't. Because <laughs> doesn't doesn't didn't seem to be helpful. But yeah, that I just found that to be like a, a particularly uh, woman type thing when you get mad and and the dude's trying to be like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, I'm eating it. Oh, stop eating it! I said stop, and then fight. Uh-oh. <sighs> uh, that, that's just me. I got hit by a tail attack. I hate when yeah, they yeah, game. I, 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 yeah. I saw it. I was trying to come get you, and then he decided to like scrape his head against the ground. Yeah. I hate when we get ganged up on like that, but oh, uh, balls. Running, um, running the train. But continue. Continue. Yeah, and then also in that episode, that's where she sees... Uh, Seiji with her head, right? Yes. Was that? Yeah. So her and uh, oh. what, what's his name? Shuyo? Uh, the, uh... Really? God fucking damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to get you mm-hmm. up, but they keep 
freaking attacking all like they're just standing on top of you attacking and I can't I can't get you rest. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Um I got myself up. But uh so she's sitting in the park talking with uh Sh- Shizuo is his name? Uh Shizuo, yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's how I chose to pronounce a... it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, <clears throat> let me rewind because this is important. So they end up going to Russia sushi and they evidently are very creative with their sushi because they have sour cream sushi, fried chicken sushi, and all of this stuff. So uh, Shinra eats and you know, um, <clears throat> Kelty looks at her fortune cookie and it says, you will find something you're looking for. Shinra looks at his and it says unrequited love. And <clears throat> I guess when, when they're trying to make it a point of talking about love, they play that stupid upbeat flutey song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so okay so back to where i was they're sitting in a park and the chick that's got kelty's head just runs by and am i up shit i was just standing there doing nothing um so and and this and this that i'm gonna say next will play into episode nine but uh so immediately, Kelty gets up and runs for this girl. So Shizuo gets up and follows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she grabs the girl. The girl's screaming, causing a fuss. Shizuo comes up, and he's like, just calm down. Just calm down. And then she just starts screaming more. And then all of a sudden, uh, Shizuo looks down, and there's a pen, like, stabbed in his upper thigh. And he looks down and there's Seji like just stabbing pens in his leg, in his legs. And this will play into uh, Mm. episode nine. So, and, uh, and again, um, with, uh, with your previous comments about Shizuo, he picks Seji up and chucks him halfway down the street into the side of a moving truck. Well, this is the one time when I feel like say this is the one time where I feel like Shizuo was uh in the right. Yeah, but you know, it's it's still the whole he should be dead thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Watch out for the everything. Yeah. Glowing circles. <laughs> oh, yeah, that watch out for everything. Because <laughs> this is a literal watch out for everything. Yeah. Fight. Watch out for everything. Yeah, so uh and then the weirdest thing is uh Mikado ends up rescuing the girl. Did does this girl even have a name? Uh, as far or as do we not know her? As far as I know, she actually, as she, no one has actually said her name. Okay, yeah. So I'll... he rescues her, and uh, they disappear. So I'm, I'm guessing Kelty's not very happy about that because she had finally found her damn head. 
and we were and we had discussed this off air that you were you were like it can't be that simple can it oh yeah it is mm. that you know kelty's looking for her head but it's on this sewed onto this chick's body yeah uh i'm going to be talking about this from the from not by episode by episode but from episodes eight and nine because i didn't jot everything down so my thoughts are going to be probably kind of jumbled so join the club they (laughs) they outright show selty's head right um so Mm -hmm. these are my thoughts about what we've already discussed so there is the the point uh where selty sees her head now, when Selty sees her head, it seems she immediately recognizes it, right? But when right. the head sees Selty, her body, her original body, she just freaks out and tries to run away. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Why would Selty's body be so, uh, be so, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be so intent on finding her head. And when she does come across her head randomly, because she doesn't know it's her head until she looks directly at it, but she can sense that that's actually her head. So why can't her head tell that that's her original body? Why why would Selty's body be doing everything it can to find its head, but the head wouldn't be doing everything it could to find its body? And I don't know if that's if that's the show trying to say something, but that seems weird. And why wouldn't the head recognize its body? So the, the centuries and centuries and centuries. It, but it hasn't been centuries and centuries and centuries. It's only been like twenty years. She only lost it twenty years ago. No, she only lost it twenty years ago. So why does she talk about having centuries of memories? Because she's centuries old. Right, but... Uh, yeah, well, okay. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm... Th- maybe I-, I could swear that she only lost her head 20 years ago because she went looking for it and it... Wait, well then that's weird. <laughs> okay, then that brings up a whole host of other problems then with this... So if Selty has been going years and years and years without her head, how the... Okay, now there's a lot that doesn't make sense. Oh, okay, just one-shot me. Cool. Um, Now there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense at all. Hmm. Because now that you say it, I'm thinking she didn't have her head when she met uh, Shinzo, who's the guy she's rooming with. She didn't have her head then, and it's been 20 years since she met him. But she's been searching for her head for centuries. If she's been searching Mm. for her head for that long, what? Well, from my understanding of a Dullahan, the, the way you defeat it is to give it back its head. 
So like, uh, well, that's not the doula but, hand but that they're that using because kinda... she already had her head. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Kind of like, uh, I guess, kind of like with the headless horseman and from the Sleepy Hollow, not the TV show, from the actual legend. Or, or so, I don't know. It's it is it's weird. It's very weird. Um, I don't want to have to go back through this show. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, then that 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 uh oh, then that uh we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at that. Just just pretend we didn't have that little last little bit of discussion. Well, no, that that <laughs> changes what I was going to. S- that changes what I was going to say then. Um, then what have they been doing with Celtie's head this entire time? They just been carrying it around as a me- as it. a memento. Why? And see, this is what this Plot is armor. what doesn't make any sense about this. If you took the head so that you could study it, why wouldn't you take the body too? You just found a doula hand. Why would you just take the head? And then what have you been doing with the head this entire fuck this entire time? It was in a jar. <laughs> also, that brings up the question Which... of why isn't Selty automatically linked to her head and thus able to see out of its eyes and stuff? That doesn't make any sense. Does she just is the head just decoration? But it can't be because it holds her it holds parts of her memory. So it means that the two are part of a whole. Does she just use it like a basket to store me- certain memories in? Like, okay, that makes a lot of this show not make any goddamn sense anymore. <laughs> because now there's a bunch of questions you have to ask that make it, that make it not make any sense. If you were gonna take the doula, why would you take the doula hand's head, right? And and we found that basically – so that also means the head has been getting passed down throughout this family for generations. And they've just – and it, when you, when the sister was talking about how she used to go over to her uncle's house a lot and the head was in his study, just sitting there, not mm-hmm. being scientifically yep. studied or anything. So someone just came, across, <clears throat> came upon a doula hand, took its head – and then just passed it down in their family as a family heirloom because reasons? And and took the chance of making an enemy out of its body? Because in in uh Celtish in, in the lore for Doolahans, Doolahans are not the spirit you want to screw with. Like they can literally just right. kill you by by looking in your direction. They have the ability to just kill you. And they can there are no rules on this. They can just do it because they want to. It is not a creature you make an enemy of lightly. So it doesn't make any sense mm. that anyone who knew what they were dealing with would just take the head because. And it <laughs> seems the only Oh. And it also Let me let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you for a second, then you can finish your thought. Disclaimer. This might be the last episode we talk about do a rah rah. Like, <sighs> it's like, 
So you didn't take it to study it because they don't actually start studying it until the sister starts whatever research facility, which we assume she did with her own money or it was already a part of the family because obviously they come from a wealthy family. But they weren't studying it because it was just sitting in her uncle's study because she talked about how they would go to look at the head all the time. So there was never anyone. That's why I thought Shinra's dad had been the one to take her head. And that's what was being implied because the guy also from 20 years ago who was, who was doing the painting of her. Actually, that's another thing. If she's been going centuries without her head, <laughs> how did the guy who saw her with her head draw a picture of it? That was back just before she lost her head. So how old is this dude painting the pictures in the park? What the fuck is going on with this show? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Inquiring minds, but like I'm real close to just being like this fucking show is trash. It shouldn't take. First off, I haven't found anything that has gotten me invested in this show yet. And that might just be me. Maybe I just don't have, maybe I'm not deep enough intellectually or emotionally to be able to really understand the themes that this show is trying to impart or get across. But nothing is really interesting about this show to me. And it shouldn't take, we're on episode nine. It shouldn't take this long for me to get invested in a show. First off, anything that's telling a story should get you invested in the first couple of minutes of it. If you're not invested in the, like for an anime, if you're not invested in the first episode, you're not going to magically get invested later. Um, right. And I usually give animes at least three episodes to get me invested. If I think I see something in them that if they touched upon could make the, would make the anime better like if if in three episodes if they embellish upon this thing that seems like it would be really cool then yeah i could see watching this anime and a lot of animes have done that in the first episode i'm like eh i'm so so on it but this concept they have going right here is actually really cool i wonder if they're going to elaborate on that and then in the second episode they do and that's where i you i rarely I rarely have to go to the third episode of an anime that's actually really good and gets you invested in it, right? Mm. I don't know what Dururara is trying to do. So if you're right and she's been searching for centuries to find her head, the guy, the artist guy doesn't make any sense. The fact that someone stole her head, that means that her head has been getting passed down through the generations in a family because and they didn't think to take her body too because um if if she only lost her head in the last maybe 20 years or so because she met Shinra when he was like 4 and he's 24 now so it's been about 20 years and she she met and she said she met them from the from what I remember of the timeline, she met them not long after losing her head, because they they show her going from the horse drawn carriage to the arm the knights. Yeah, you're right. It's been a long time actually since she lost her head. 
because she's been and then she came across mm-hmm. the bike which she then made into her, she used her horse to infuse the bike and get the motorcycle and that's when she snuck onto the boat so she it hasn't been 20 years since she lost her head it's been like it's been a while it's it's been a good long time yep. and uh so fifteen dull arc stone out of that. So check and see if you've got anything that you can make something. And <clears throat> or upgrade. So that I think their timeline is all screwed to hell there. Because hmm. so the yeah. that means because you have to ask yourself how old is that painter then? Because he because when they show him when he's young. And that's obviously Shinra's dad he's talking to, right? That That's obviously Shinra's dad. He's telling the story of how he saw the doula hand. But that was when she still had her head. But she didn't meet, she didn't meet Shinra until he was four. So how old was his dad at that time? It, did his dad only just have Shinra within the last five years before they met Selty? Like, uh, the problem here is I'm going to have to go from episode one all the way back to now so I can track this to see if the episode even kept their own timeline in order. And I don't want to. So this is what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm just going to say I'm wrong about this because I don't care enough to go back and try to figure this out. I just don't care. Um. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a huge loop. I feel like there's a huge plot hole here, but I don't, I don't care. I, I just don't. Um, so, Seji is insane. That is very obvious. Mm-hmm. And not only insane, but murderously insane, because he killed the one girl, and then they put Celty's head on her body. We thought they kidnapped her and used her for materials. No, this all started because Seji murdered a girl, and then his sister found out, and she decided she was going to take care of it. And then she tried the experiment of transplanting the head onto the body since it was there. Um, Also... This brings up a mm-hmm. good question of whether Seji was always fucked up in the head or if Selty's head did something to him because they show him looking at Selty's head mm-hmm. for the first time. And it's like he goes into a weird trance. So was he this fucked up in his head from from birth, like from being from childhood or did Selty's head have some kind of weird effect on him because he was a kid at the time and everyone else was old enough that maybe it, it couldn't affect them psychically because maybe their mental states were too uh, uh, were too transfixed already because kids are very impressionable and mutable and they, they're not really who they are yet. At that age, you're not really who they're going to be yet. So maybe... Maybe right. her head had some kind of weird effect on him, right? Um, relation could yeah. be. So the relationship between the sister and the brother is still effing. We is still really effed up. She's obviously like intimately in love with her own brother. Her brother is 
mentally broken for some reason somehow um uh Celty's head is like a stand in like the way she talked about it Celty's head is a stand in for her like she she created that yeah. she created she gave <clears throat> Celty's head a body so that Seji could love could <sighs> So that Seji could love that <laughs> body in place of her own. Because she's like, well, we're brother and sister, so we can't have sex. But I can make, like, a doll as my representation that Seji can have sex with. That'll work. <laughs> like, hmm. <sighs> there's a lot to unpack in these two episodes. There really is. I don't know what's going on with Henri. I don't know if she's going to turn out to be the the samurai sword wielding slasher, slasher because they they outright show her in a promotional picture of her holding a samurai sword. Um, Mikado goes through all the trouble of finding her shoes, and then she's like, she takes them from him at the end of either episode nine or episode eight, and she's like, thank you, and then just closes the door in his face. And it's like, Wow, like <laughs> I get that Mikado is trying to bang you. He's attracted to you. He's trying to bang you. That's the, so he went out of his way to do this, and and I get it. You may not be interested in Mikado, but that felt so much like she was just brushing him off. Like, oh, thanks, boop. <laughs> like, not a mm. <laughs> like no care. Like, no fucks were given. Like, like, uh, it, it hmm. felt like. Uh, I guess the better explanation is it felt like she thanked him because that's what you do in that kind of situation instead of her actually being grateful that he did this thing for her, right? Like, would it have killed her to show some actual gratitude? But yes, she didn't ask him to do it. She may not even have wanted him to do it, but he still did it. So take it as the compliment it is and be grateful for the compliment, even if nothing else is going on, right? But she's just like, thank mm -hmm. you, because, well, you're supposed to say thank you, and then just close the door in his face. And I was like, wow. What a bitch. <laughs> like, she was all happy when they were... <sighs> Andre's... Maybe she's bipolar. It almost feels like it, doesn't it? It almost feels like that's what mm. that's what it is. Because she seems to like Mikado mm. and uh, Miss Amato. I'm probably not pronouncing his name. The other the the other friend, the blonde haired guy. Um, she seems to like them. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she seems to like the two of them and she seems to enjoy hanging out with them and being their friend and then she does that so it's weird um mm. and Isaiah Isaiah <laughs> doesn't seem like he is behind everything he seems like he is uh what's the word what's the word um in the no, when you encourage someone to do something, yeah, he it seems like he's instigating everything. It, it feels like he comes across something mm. he finds interesting, and then he goes, 
well, how can I get this to, how can I help this continue so I can continue enjoying watching it? It also kind of feels like he might be, he might have a little of a thing for the sister. Um, Because he even hmm. tries to, like, it was very, it was very un for him to try to give her advice, right? Because everything we've seen of Isaiah, he's mm-hmm. not the giving advice kind of person. He wants you to do the thing. And any information he gives you is to literally see what you'll do next. Like, he's like, well, I basically think I know what you're going to do. But why don't I introduce this information and then see how you react, right? It's all for his amusement. But he seemed to genuinely be giving her advice about how she's a stalker of her brother. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah. Uh, Past past that, I don't even remember much about these two episodes. I really don't. They kind of just went in one ear and out the other there was nothing that i found particularly i don't know there wasn't anything else to really grasp on to like selty using her her power to put the dinner into like a ball like that was uh interesting and <sighs> i don't know i i guess i just i'm just not interested in the show anymore i i just i'm just not i Right. And, you know, like, like I said, disclaimer, it might be the last time we talk about it. I mean, like I, I sent a couple pictures of some other shows we could watch and and discuss. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. I don't really. <laughs> it's getting really out there. Well, it's just. <sighs> Like we, I remember when you were thinking, well, maybe they're doing all these kind of plot thread lines like Pulp Fiction, and then they're going to tie them together. But now it's obvious that they're not doing that, mm. so nothing really makes sense. It feels like they're leaving out story so that it'll be mysterious, but all they're doing is making it confusing. Like that's what it, it just feels like they're they're making it confusing. Like even when you knock the stupid yeah. thing down, it doesn't stay down long enough for you to actually get any damage in. No mm. shit. shit, 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 But I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Seji needs to be put, not in a mental ward, he needs to be put in jail. Um, His sister needs to be put Mm. in jail. Uh, It still doesn't make any sense to me why Selty's head just went nuts. You'd think she would want to be reunited with her body as well. That it would be an instinctive thing. Right, just like how Selty instinctively hmm. recognized her head, her head would instinctively recognize its body and want to be back together with its body. But that just does not seem hmm. to be the case. And I feel like the only reason that's not the case is because that's not what the story wants to happen. Like, not because that makes sense, because it 
doesn't like the like I don't know. I don't know. I know. Maybe I need to read up on doula hands and exactly how they hmm. work, but uh, well here, I can I can do that right now. With the magic of Amazon technology. I don't know. Like they they're they're opening up all these subplots and sub these subplot lines, right? But none of them are particularly mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. You have a fucked up family unit. You have Celty, who is a Doolahan trying to find her body. We don't know what Isaiah is because he doesn't refer to himself as a he keeps referring to people as humans, and it's very possible he is not human. Right. Because we have a Doolahan, and fucking Shizuo is a reincarnation of Hercules, apparently. And like, <laughs> there, there's so much random crap in this show that is going on with no explanation for anything. It's it feels like a confusing mess. I need them to focus on one thing, do some explaining, and actually finish one of these subplot lines. Right. All right. So per Wikipedia, a dual hand is depicted as a headless rider, usually on a black horse, who carries their own head in their arms. Usually a Dullahan is male, but there are some female versions. It's said to be the embodiment of the Celtic god Crom Dub. Uh, the myth of the Dullahan comes from Ireland. Um, okay, that's like a bare bones explanation. Can we get... Uh, let's see. Dullahan.com. I'm pretty sure that I had read somewhere that to defeat a Dullahan, you put its head back on. That's, but I, I, it still doesn't make any sense, though. It's from her own recollections. It's not like she was some kind of like menace to the neighboring country or anything. There is no reason for anyone to take her head. And if they took her head in order to then defeat her with it, they literally could have done it then. They could have just taken her head and put it back on her body and that would have been the end of it. So Mm, but plot armor and plot holes and shit you can drive a Mack truck through. I I have no more. I, I just have no desire to figure it out. I, I'm just pointing out the fact that it just doesn't make any sense, but I have no <laughs> desire to figure it out. I just don't. Right. And and you know, that's cool. Um you know, we can we can stop that and then later, you know, discuss one of the other uh you know, anime to to talk about because you had said it's 24 episodes and we're what we're on episode nine almost halfway through it yeah we're almost halfway through it and the shit's still confusing so yeah um we can put the cut here and uh just yeah i'm just gonna go 
I'm just going to have, I'm, I'm going to enact executive privilege and go, this show is crappy and I don't want to watch it anymore. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are listening, who do enjoy Dura and think it's a good show, that's fine. Your enjoyment of it is, has nothing to do with my, with my, un, uh, with my opinion of it. Or the fact that I am not enjoying it. If if you enjoy it and you understand it, that that is great. I I'm happy that you see something in it that I just don't. But I don't, and I am just tired of wasting my time watching this. <laughs> feel feel free to leave us a message or a voicemail about it if if you do have an understanding of it that we don't get yet. Yeah, by all yeah, means, let us know. Do, yeah, comment. <laughs> put a put a message on our twitter account explaining some of this bullshit because i maybe if you explain it to me and what the show is trying to say once i understand that maybe then uh once i understand it and it'll it'll uh put the show in a new light and then maybe i'll be like oh 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 that makes more oh okay that's pretty good like i i'm i might do that but Right now, I don't see it. <laughs> right, so we are we are invoking the law of surprise and surprise. No more yeah. do a rah rah after this. Uh, what did you want to replace it with? But moving on, uh, we can uh, we could do the Kengan Ashura. There's that no game, no life. It looks kind of interesting, like it's. Looks like it might be kind of like sort of. Uh, I actually really like uh, No Game No Life. I've watched it like three or four times, but I'm going to let you choose because I'm the one who picked out Dorara, and Castlevania. So I'll let you choose what you want to replace Dorara with. Okay, well we'll right. we'll talk about that later. So let's move on to the show that we do actually have a sense of yeah. Castlevania. There is one more episode after eight and nine that we have watched, and that's the the season. At least finale, the I end guess. of this part of season three, or the end of part, uh, the end of season three. Right. So. Right. So. Uh, interesting things happening. Interesting things happening. Why don't you go ahead and um, start us off? So this is once again, I'm going to be talking about this as these two episodes as a whole, rather than as two separate episodes. Sumi and Taka are stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Sumi's got she some do. nice titties, though. Um, it, it, it unfortunately was a waste. If I was bisexual, I would have said Taka was a waste as well, because they're twins. Um but I'm not. So Sumi was a waste. I don't care about talk. Uh, <laughs> so this, this is my problem with the twins. They start off the eighth. They start off with these two literally pegging Alucard that he's lonely, that he relegated himself to, uh, uh, to, uh, to keeping watch over the castle and the Belmont hold because it was the closest thing he could get to death without actually killing himself because he was punishing himself for having killed his own father, even if he had no other choice but to do it, right? 
lot of guilt, lot of lot of guilt riding mm-hmm. on his shoulders for that, a lot weighing him down. And angst. yeah, because brooding angst. and stuff. Um so <laughs> these two literally have this conversation. They literally talk out Alucard's emotions and then they try to kill him. And then they're and then the reason they say that they're trying to kill him, like before we get there, understand that 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 conversation that Sumi and Taka had ended with them going, he shouldn't be punished, he should be rewarded. Right? So we come Hmm. off thinking them sneaking into his bed and banging him is the reward. Like, they're gonna stay with him and they're gonna love him. uh, Because they like him. Right? We're thinking that. And then they try to kill him and the big thing is you haven't been honest with us. And he's like, but I'm trying to help you. And they're like, no, you're not, because no one helps us. And it's like, really, you two knuckleheads? Are you serious? Your your counter-argument to everything he's been doing for you, the fact that he's been teaching, he, he, he gave you free access to the Belmont Hold. He also, because they bring up the point that there are parts of the castle he doesn't take them to, but he gave them free reign of mm-hmm. the castle to go anywhere they wanted. And they and they were like and they and they kept asking they kept asking about if they if he could fix the teleportation. Yeah, and they were like too. and you wouldn't teach us how to teleport the 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 castle. And and it's like you could have literally have gone to the mechanism that teleports the castle and looked at it and been like oh yeah that thing is fucked it's not going anywhere because if if anyone who's listening and if david you remember when sypha forcefully teleported the castle she melted the gears in the in the mechanism that does the teleportation she melted them yep they <laughs> they overheated yeah. until the point they so, locked so you could have like first off they could have been like can you show us the mechanism that teleports the castle and then they could have looked for it and easily have seen that what he's telling them is true so they had the ability to verify the things that he was telling them and not only did they not do it but they also then tried to use it as a defense for why they were trying to kill him it is the it is the stupidest thing I've ever right. I've seen in this show so far. It's the dumbest thing I've seen in the they <laughs> like when they when they were having that discussion, I was like, oh, I was wrong. Sumi and Taka are going to actually stay with Alucard and we might get some Alucard Sumi Taka uh adventures and you know, devil's threesomes all around. <laughs> right? So I was like, oh, that might be cool. I was wrong. I'm glad I was... Nope. They just decided to try to kill him anyway and forced him <laughs> to kill them. And I was like, I don't even I don't even know why I second-guessed myself anymore. Everything in these two episodes, I called. And I guess anyone with half a brain who's paying attention could. I don't know. But it's... Huh. Sumi and Taka are dumb. That 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 is 
That is the conclusion. <laughs> Sumi and Taka are dumb. Their final actions don't make any don't make any sense whatsoever. And also, think about this as well. Yes, they have access to the castle. Mm. Yes, they have access to the Belmont Hold. But if they killed Alucard, they are literally holding. They're they are making their ability to learn. They're making it less efficient. It is far more efficient when you learn from someone who already knows than it is when you're figuring at figuring it out on your own. Because there might be a text in that library in the right. Belmont Hold that they could spend. Think how big the Belmont Hold is. There could be a right, it's and there could huge. be a book in that hold that is just somewhere that they needed that has vital information that they might need. It could take them months to find it. It could take them. It, it literally could take them months to find that book by going through book by book by book. Which slows down their ability to learn, and then years, and then years to, learn to, it. to learn it. It is far more efficient to have a teacher. Like I'm sitting here, like, dude, Alucard cooked for you two motherfuckers. He cooked for you. Uh-huh. It is like, what <laughs> does he need to do to prove to you that he is trustworthy when he is? cooking your meals what part of their conversation was even like well let's have one more lunch and one more dinner and it's like or you could not be stupid Hmm. and just stay there and learn and you have him cook for you all the day what the fuck is happening like i sumi and taka (laughs) just don't make any sense so Mm. So uh, I I was really hoping after Alucard had killed them, I was like, oh man, I would have much rather that the mecha- that the uh that the uh bindings that they used on him to restrain him. I was actually really hoping that because of uh them burning him and whatnot and restraining him, that it would tap into uh his more instinctive vampiric nature because Alucard is by all accounts the second most powerful vampire on the planet to Dracula with Dracula gone he is as far as we know the most powerful vampire on the planet what I wanted to see is that when they betrayed him his instinctive vampiric nature took over to save him so that he could, you know, the instinctive self-preservation and that it took over and he ended up eating them. Mm -hmm. Because remember, Alucard has never drank blood as far as we've seen. He drinks wine. He eats normal food. As far as we know, he's never drank blood. So I, so imagine how much more powerful he might be if he did so i actually wanted right. to see that happen because that opens up another character arc for alucard and if he can control his thirst after having drank blood for the first time possibly 
because he even said it himself. He right. grew very quickly. Right. Like yeah. he grew to adulthood in about half the time or less of a normal person. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. No, so, uh, quick interruption. What would you like to try to pursue instead of doing? The oh, hold on a second. Let me escalation. see if I have enough of what I need to upgrade the sword. Uh oh, okay. I'm jet. Oh no, I still uh, have a lot of those. I need to get. Uh, I need the shining arc stones though. The, yeah, I the, need a lot. Uh, I need like twice as many as yeah. I got. All right, let's try a patrol again. Yeah, Hopefully we'll find. Some um, so continue. So uh, we're done with Sumi and Taka <clears throat> and Alucard. Um, and I've heard other people review these episodes, um, and review the season, and they felt like Alucard was just kind of there because the writers didn't know what to do with him. So his whole art just feels kind of like it, honestly. Well, no, it feels uh, it, it doesn't feel like an arc. It feels like uh, what is the word? It feels like a filler. It feels like filler in the show, right? Because they don't know what to do with them, so it's just mm. kind of fill, it's yeah. taking up time. At that point, they could have just left it out altogether. And I think one of the a reviewer I was listening to even pointed it even pointed that out. They could have just uh. They could have just left that out altogether, and then when he meets back up with Sypha and Trevor, he could just point it out. You know, he could just say, "Well, this is what happened to me, right? I ran into these two twins. I tried to teach them, and then they tried to kill me, and I had to kill them." Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Isaac's arc is going pretty good, and I've heard people go, "Isaac is a." is a bona fide bad guy. And I actually don't think so. I don't think that Isaac is just a bad, a villain. I, I don't think he's a villain. Um, I think he's an, I think he's more of an anti-hero because he's not a hero, he's, but I don't think he's a villain. Mm -hmm. So I think he's more of an anti-hero because the difference between a villain and uh, this is the, the difference between a villain and an anti-hero is a villain doesn't question their motives. A villain thinks that what they're doing is right. But we have seen Isaac question the things that he does. We've seen him question the bad things that he does, and we've seen him question the good things that he does. So I can't just say he's right. a villain because he actually questions his own actions and if he's doing the right thing. And a good example of that is when he gets off of the boat after talking to the captain, he tries to give the guards the benefit of a doubt. It is only when they it, it is only when he is doing his best not to kill them that they then basically force him into the position that he then questions even trying right and also remember oh good yeah good <clears throat> yeah and no, also yeah, I remember when that. we meet when we're when isaac meets the blind man it, yeah meets the blind man in the bazaar where he got the mirror it was the same thing mm 
He didn't attack people randomly or indiscriminately. He was just trying to get, he just was going to look for something that he needed and then he was going to leave. It was everyone else that pushed him into then killing them. Um, now, I'm not saying, now, like I said before in the previous mm. podcast, I can absolutely understand why those guards on the pier wouldn't, didn't want to let him into the city. And I feel like Isaac also should have understood that as well. But the fact that he questioned, he he constantly questions whether if he is wrong or if the world is wrong. I can't say he's a villain. I if anything, I'd say he's an anti-hero because Punisher is an anti-hero, and he goes around murdering people. He goes around murdering criminals left and right. But he would be he's not a villain, but he's also not a hero. He's an anti-hero. So I would classify Isaac as the show's anti-hero. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I can see that. Oh. Hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, fucking oh. <laughs> things just ran right up on me. It came right at you? <laughs> yeah, it was coming right for us, and I tried to get my guns out, but I wasn't fast enough. Um. So let me mm. open. Let me open this next part, uh, like I did last night. Um, Hector. Hector is that dude, fresh out of basic training, and first first pussy that comes up, he's going. Uh, yeah, Hector is. Hector is a naive child, unfortunately. And like we were talking about, and I think I said it in the last podcast too, he doesn't think people are lying to him. He just doesn't think they're lying to him. Um, and and Lenore is a is a master manipulator. She realized what she had. She she pegged Hector almost immediately. And then worked on him. And the right. the like physical teasing and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, like to be fair, she wasn't lying. She does think he's pretty. Um, because she decided uh to bang him for one. Um, but it was obvious what that was meant to do. And mm-hmm. I remember when they're showing the two of them having sex and she starts asking him certain questions like, will you be mine? Will you be loyal to me? Like these very mm-hmm. specific. And I'm like, she's casting a spell. I don't know if it's a ritual and I don't know what kind of spell it is, but she's casting a spell. And then lo and behold, she casts some kind of spell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she which I'm assuming is something to make him loyal to her, something that allows her to control him, because she used loyal a lot when she was casting the spell. And and the thing is, what and the thing is, she literally mm-hmm. gave him a book of vampire magic. That's what's even crazier about it. And I'm like, apparently he didn't <laughs> read deep enough into that book because he was talking to. Sure he didn't, didn't read the chapter on did, binding. Did, did he skimmed. He skimmed it. He skimmed it. He was like, "Oh, <laughs> what's this about? Uh, 
ensuring the loyalty of someone through sex, huh? <laughs> it's like, ah, that's not important. I'm never, he's like, that's not important. I'm never going to have sex. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, like nope, we uh, got ditched again. Like that's so hilarious, though. Like Hector, uh, like I get it. Like I'm mm-hmm. a man, I get it. Hector's like, like Hector was like, he's in between them thighs, and he was just gone. Like, it, like Lenore knows what she's doing. She she knows what she's doing. <laughs> Level ten master manipulator. Um. Yeah, don't don't forget the don't forget the other uh, thing you brought the up. Other last thing night I brought too. up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah, I was thinking about that because he they did. I, I don't know if they, but he did orgasm, and I was like, "Is Lenore not worried about getting pregnant?" Because we've seen that humans and vampires can have children, and uh, yeah. And then, like yeah, it better because if uh you know if a woman vampire can can't get pregnant, but a male can impregnate it, well, a female. It, it is, because, sexist, and it also wouldn't it? make sense. Why would a male's sexual organs still be functional after becoming a vampire, but a woman's reproductive uh, sexual and reproductive organs wouldn't be? So the male's reproductive organs are still functional and fine, but the females aren't. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, there that right. also uh good but yeah he uh, uh, well that also brings up the fact that are there uh, any other half breed uh, yeah, vampires he, running around outside of Alucard then uh, I hope this doesn't turn question. into Maybe Twilight that was so fucking terrible like this I really <laughs> hope <laughs> this does not become that <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would certainly hope not because it's it's Castlevania. I don't know. It, it, eh, well, but well, let, let's yes, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hope that it doesn't become Twilight the anime. But uh, uh, god damn it. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that happened. So, like Alucard almost had a devil's threesome. I don't think there was actually any penetration there. Um, but almost had a devil's threesome and nearly mm. got killed. Uh, we'll see. Now, this is the thing, though. Is this going to have any actual impact on Alucard's character? Is this going to make him less trusting? Is this going to have actual emo? Uh, is this going to have actual emotional and mental ramifications? Because he, because uh, he basically treated the two of them like his little sister and little brother you, until they tried to fuck him. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, you're a man. You're a woman. I, I. Oh, okay." <laughs> Um. Hmm. But uh, so is is this what I'm what I'm wondering? Is this going to uh have any? Is this going to affect his relationship with Trevor and Sypha when that 
when uh, they all get back together. I mean, because mm, do remember... It's possible. Uh, go ahead. We won't know... Yeah, we won't know until it actually yeah, happens. So, yeah. The fuck off of them, goddammit. Yeah, because Trevor and, Trevor and Cypher did leave him there. I don't even know if they asked him to come with them. I, I don't re- like. I don't remember if they asked him to come with them. I don't think they did. Because they were like, we're going to be doing a lot of fucking, and you don't want to hear that. <laughs> hmm. So I wonder, does that give new meaning to candle wax on the nipples? Like, does she lightly toast his nipples with a little fireball? Or... Yeah, probably. No one Trevor and Sypha. Especially Sypha, who is apt to try everything. So... Um. <laughs> oh god, that just makes me think of ice dildos now. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So uh, let's not forget um, the the town they're in, and the uh, the night creature beneath the priory, which we yeah. then find out is deconsecrated. So. We find out the night creature is still alive, which actually surprised me as well. I didn't think it was. I thought there was a, a ritual that was going on with his body, but I didn't think it would still be alive. Um, uh, okay, so this is I, I posed the same question to my friends because I was like, "That why would you not do this thing? Because for me, I would have done this immediately. So I, I will pose the question to you, David. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just that OCD and paranoid about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But if you find out that there is a hell gate being opened under the church in the town you're in, and that there are symbols on all, uh, and there are symbols mm-hmm. being etched in houses and stuff uh, that represent harvest and sacrifice Mm -hmm. what would you what are some of the things that you would do like Mm -hmm. what would you do in that situation it uh probably tell the villagers to leave town uh because the judge was dumb and shutting them all in um if I could get to the hell creature before, well, you don't know the hell the creature is still began, alive. I would probably there. kill it. Yeah, they didn't know until uh, double tap just to be sure. Saint Germain let them know. Oh well, they didn't. They did know before they went in there. Yeah, they did because Saint Germain let them know when he met back up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably try to kill it before the ritual went off. Uh, but definitely, if if I knew that these these uh, alchemical symbols on the people's houses were harvest and sacrifice, I'd probably tell them to leave town. Right. You know, go hide in the go hide in the forest so, or something. Well, that's no, a maybe, good. That's, maybe that's, oh, that's just also me. a good answer. <laughs> but the answer that no one I've asked, uh, no one I've asked, has given me the answer. 
that I thought would be obvious. I would have scratched every single one of those symbols out. Why wouldn't you? They, they mean harvest and sacrifice, and someone is opening up a mm-hmm. hell gate. Why wouldn't you destroy what is obvious a part, obviously a part of that ritual? Like that, at least that. Like I said, it was just. It may just be that I'm yeah, that point. OCD, but I was like, no, I'd have had at least one or two guards going around to every house and scratching every single one of those symbols out, tear them up. Why would you leave them there? And then Sypha and Trevor are leaving the town after everybody is dead. And Sypha's like, how could it go so wrong? And I'm like, because you both suck at your jobs. Why would you have just left the marks on the houses? Mm. (laughs) Like, what kind of sense does that make? (laughs) You know it's a part of the ritual. You yourself said they were trying to open up a hell gate. And you were like, these mean this. And you it harvest and sacrifice, and I'm like, well, scratch them out. <laughs> and th- and they're they're like, nah, because then there'd be no tension. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I feel like the only reason that they didn't do it was because then they wouldn't have had a fight. Because if they had destroyed those symbols, the sacrifices wouldn't have happened, and the creature wouldn't have been able to open up the hell gate. That literally would have ended the plan right then and there. Um, so I feel like they didn't do it because plot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and also, mm-hmm. I hate that mm-hmm. I called it, but I called it. The judge turns out to be a child killer. Hmm. Uh, so they in showed the, the kids ninth at, the, episode, at the apple tree. Uh, is it? Yeah, in the ninth episode, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, mm, is it the? It's the ninth episode, right? Uh, maybe well, I'm getting my. Uh, maybe I'm getting my uh my memories all uh bunched up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, we've got a... I'm having us do a uh, a Deadeye Quill shot. They, they seem to be easy enough to try to to kill. So, and it's it's heroic, so we if we can defeat it, we should get maybe some Shining Arcstones out. Uh, let's see, let's see. Yeah, they did though, didn't they? I honestly don't remember. Okay, well, let's put a pin in that one because I can't remember properly either. And I just watched the damn thing. Um, Okay, so what they did show, because they showed Isaac attacking the one dude's... uh, yeah, the wizard's palace. The um, wizard. Yeah, they did show that. Okay, uh, memories are all over the place. Yeah, yeah so like the wizard so, tried to put that halo around, and he 
and he was fighting it. He stuck his his Devil right. Forge blade up so in there to, my, to break it. Uh, remember my complaint about how they don't explain how things work with everyone's powers. They just kind of allow them to do whatever they feel is necessary for the plot instead of there being actual rules to it. Because we, because the vampires go from being super strong compared to mm. humans to not being very strong compared to humans, right? <laughs> Especially when they're fighting Trevor. Like Trevor all of a sudden can fight them mm. physically, yet other times, uh, other times there are people who can't for some reason. And even Hector goes, Lenore, you're ten times stronger than me. And it's like, well, wouldn't all vampires be at least like two to three times stronger? Like they 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 don't pin down anyone's powers. So remember when we were talking about how uh uh Hector, uh, not Hector, but Isaac can just stab a person and turn them immediately into a night creature? And one of the things you said is like, yes, but it's the exact mm-hmm. same night creature. Well, in episode nine, right. But in episode nine, they were yeah, they were all the same. He can actually stab a person and turn them into any kind of night creature he wants. Because there's the part, because remember, there's that part mm. where he's of course uh, where he's riding the where he's riding the night creature horse, and the. Uh, then uh, the wizard takes all mm. of the humans and balls them up into that huge sphere, and and so he stabs one of the bodies as mm-hmm. it goes as it's being flung at him, and it transforms into that Titan Knight creature. Yeah, that yeah that was the ninth mm. episode because yeah. uh, he kills the he kills the wizard. He kills the wizard in the ninth episode. Hmm. So he actually can stab a person and turn them into any night cr- kind yeah. of night creature he wants. So it could just be well, no, because he did that because he quickly. was doing it quickly. Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense either. Then that wouldn't even really make much sense. No, he just can turn them into whatever night creature he wants. And and not only that, but when he does it, they, he can he can make them any size because the one he made was bigger than the buildings around it. So he can change their size. He can change their forms because he created when he was riding on the horse. He he uh, stabbed like two or three bodies and turned them into like dog like night creatures. Yeah, so. Yeah, he can do that. it of any like he can do any size he can do any type he wants so that's why so so this is the thing all he needs is a dead body right or a well no it has to be a dead body when he or stabs anybody. people he uh he makes sure that it's a killing blow it does have to be a it does have to be a dead person all of his blows, as far as I could tell, yeah. were all killing blows. Like it's always somewhere near yeah. the heart or in the neck or something like that. Um, but uh, why didn't he just do that yeah. at Dracula's castle then? Mm, plot, plot. <laughs> this so for our listeners out there, 
This is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. This is why it's so important to put rules into your universe when you're telling a story and then make sure you stick to those rules. Because if you just have a character do anything, then we have to go back to a previous point in time when you're like, well, why didn't he just do that then? Hmm. When Isaac was defending Dracula, he killed like two vampires. Why didn't he turn them into night creatures? Can they be made into night creatures? All he needs is a dead body. That's all a vampire is, a dead body. Mm. He may not be able to... He can't turn a living creature into a night creature. It has to be dead. That is one of the things they have stated time and time again. It has to be a corpse, which is why every time he stabs somebody, they died. He always hit like a vital point to make sure that they died. So he could have been just turning them into night creatures the entire time. He could have completely rebolstered Dracula's forces just off of them, just off of uh, the vampires from Carmilla's uh, army that got in. Hmm. But then. And. What? And you can't say, well, he was in the middle of a fight. Well, he was in the middle of a fight when he was doing it then. We've seen several times when he's in the middle of fighting and does it. Mm. Yeah. You ain't So, lying. see, that's why and, – and that's why I harp on these kinds of things. That's why it's so important that you make rules and you stick to those rules. It's fine to have, like – and a, a, uh, an exception, but you have to make sure you set the rule properly in order for that exception, and you have to have a good reason why there's the exception. Um, but yeah, so he, oh, I also thought it was weird because when he kills the wizard, he's holding him up with his knife in his chest, and they mm -hmm. show all of the human bodies falling around him like rain, and mm -hmm. I was wondering if that was supposed to be imagery for something. Like, because they do, like, several different pans of that happening. They show it from the outside. They show it from the inside looking out. They show it from the outside looking in at Isaac. Like, and it, and I, and I don't, and I'm like, the, are they trying to say something with that scene? Like, are they trying to say that this is Isaac's path onto continuing Dracula's work and trying to wipe out all of humanity? So the bodies of all those humans falling around him are all the deaths he intends to cause? Mm, could be. And uh, having such a deep thought like that, don't ever, don't ever say that you don't know if you're if you're a deep enough thinker for some things. Oh, uh, well, I just thought it was odd that they were that 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 shot was like done like that and panned around and so it, it felt like it was being emphasized it could have been so, or it could have been just uh you know just adding to the cinematicness of it that might have been just that that might have been all it was too but um, we don't know until uh until they talk about it we find out yeah um, I also remember a reviewer talking about how if Isaac and, and I, th I think I, re I when I uh, when Hector, eh, eh, 
talking. Talking is so difficult for me. Um, <laughs> when Hector was banging Lenore, and I was like, this bitch is casting a spell. And then she casts whatever spell it is, and you see the thing start driving into his body and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, and the entire reason Isaac came to Styria was so he could kill Hector. And I was like, I, and I was even thinking to myself, it might be better if, like, if Isaac knew what was going on with Hector, he might just, it, Hector is literally in a, he, the worst thing he might be able to do is to just leave Hector where he is. Hmm. Right. Instead of going to kill him, if he knew what was going on, the worst thing he could do might be to just leave him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the reviewer also pointed that out. Is like if if Isaac knew what was going on with Hector, he might see fit better to just leave him there because he can't really do much worse. Hmm. Indeed. Hey, look at there. We we killed killed something. Well, you guys killed it. I was off gathering a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you killed you it a lot and, quicker. Going and smelling the the flowers and shit. Well, they uh, killed it a lot got, quicker than I expected. Just dull arc stone. Yeah. Yeah. I only got dulls too. But yeah, Castlevania is still good. Um, I feel like when the Hellgate. Yeah, that was the ninth episode. When the Hellgate opened, mm-hmm. I feel like. That was the like I I, uh, I feel like they should not have I feel like they shouldn't have won that fight. Like I feel like that is a fight that Trevor and Sypha should have been forced away from. Also I also feel like had they like had they gotten into a fight like I don't know it feels like they were doing too well maybe that's just me like cuz you have cuz these are supposed to be like demons directly out of hell these are devil forged night creatures these are demons from hell and the two humans who don't have any knowledge of these creatures are just winning like Trevor beats one to death with his bare hands. <laughs> mm. Like and Sypha did what Sypha does. <laughs> Being hyper all over the place, sexy and throwing ice and fire. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. The the cl- the close ups. The close ups on Sypha. <laughs> all the close ups. Uh mm. that, that reminds um, me of another thing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed it, but uh, the art style really emphasizes the tear ducts on people's faces. Hmm. Like when you when you see somebody's face, you know that kind of pink little gap right there at the bridge of the nose on both sides of the eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's where the tear ducts are. They and they there's a big like, like they they make it so you would probably notice that. At least I noticed it. 
But it doesn't seem to be really doing anything, though. Like, yeah. there doesn't seem to be any real reason for it. Like, so I don't, I, I don't know. Me either. Um... Um, mm, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else to talk about from the episode? I'm not sure. Um, from the two episodes. Um. Well, okay. So, so I'll interject here. So, when the ritual went off, and all the souls from all the townspeople went into the into the night creature, and it opened the portal to hell. It went. It went well. It opened the infinite corridor, which led to that instance of hell that held both Dracula and his wife in the yeah, uh, I... in the shell of the burnt house. So not, yeah. not necessarily the Prince of Darkness that you had uh, wondered if was going to be summoned, but what if they both come back and they're both evil because humanity killed her well you say both evil but just i i was thinking if they both come back and they're both vengeful i also thought that it was an interesting note his wife went to hell Mm, yeah (laughs) why did dracula's wife go to hell she was like the nicest person but she was dracula's wife uh, apparently that's all it takes. I found that really. Uh, I, I, I when I saw them there, I was like, "Yep, they're bringing Dracula back." And then I saw her, and I was like, "Wait, why is she in hell? Did she get <laughs> sent to hell because she doesn't believe in God, or was she an angel but decide but chose to come down to hell so she could be with Dracula?" Mm, maybe we'll find out. And and they weren't doing anything. They were just they're just kneeling there holding each other, not doing anything else. Right. So I don't know. It was it was weird. Um yeah. but I thought that was a I thought that was an odd little tidbit that she was it that she was in hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting indeed. Uh, was there anything else particularly? Yeah, the only other thing is... I can think of is what the fuck were them tiny little things that flew out of the portal? Don't know. Oh, but that bring I don't know, but that also brings up the other thought. Remember when they're interrogating the guy that they kidnapped and he says that the 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 priors have been leaving the priory for weeks? one mm-hmm. of them leaving every day to spread the word and the method to spread the word and the method so that means that there are priors out there doing the same thing in other villages and towns that was done in this one so contingency is that, plans maybe 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 that's what the creature told them to do to open up ones all over the place if they could but saint germain said that the the gates first off could bear couldn't be seen 
which is why he needed the little stone to find them. And they're mm-hmm. rare and spread out all over the place. So how are they supposed to even find them? And I think the reason that the creature decided to do this is because when it crashed into the priory, it could see the gate. Because if mm-hmm. you look at its eyes, its eyes look just like the stone that St. Germain was using to detect the gates. That That's what I was going to say when you when you said you can't see them and they're all over the place. And I was going to say, well, I bet those Devil Forge creatures can see them. Yeah. Well, we're not sure if it's just this Devil Forge creature that can see them or if it's all of them. And it might be all of them. Um, we just don't know at this point. So there may be setting up for more of the gates opening up in the next season then. Um, and they're already mm-hmm. setting up for Carmilla and Striga and uh, uh, Mar- Marana, Marana uh, and Lenore to start expanding out because it, it looks like Hector is going to be loyal now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has uh, much of a choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- see, that's the thing. And that's what tipped me off to why that that that's what tipped me off to her casting a spell because I was like, I was like, uh, because she kept asking him questions that he had to give his consent to. And a lot of those kinds of spells, you actually have to give your consent in order for them to work. Because if you could just put a slave seal on somebody, then they'd have just done that. Those kinds of contracts, you both have to consent to. That's why she fucked him. Because she knew he... And, and, you know, your case in point, that wizard just put the slave seal on all those people. That's true. They were just basically many hands. Not like they could really think for themselves without him, you know, saying, this is what I want you to do this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, that's a good point. But And also, it was a, it's a good point to bring up the fact that they weren't themselves anymore. He was basically crushing their minds and then just using yeah. their bodies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and that wasn't what they needed Hector for. Hector couldn't do what they needed him to do with his mind destroyed. So yeah. Yep, and she did it the most manipulative way she could by fucking him. Well, of course. Like, oh, of course. (laughs) I mean, even the twins tried to kill Alucard in the midst of sex. It's just the most (laughs) vulnerable time. People, I I, I was, uh, I remember watching that and I was like, yeah, that's been going on for centuries. Easiest way to kill Mm. a person, do it during sex. They never see it coming. Hmm. They're at their, they're their most vulnerable spot. I believe that's how. I remember uh, in the Spawn TV show, uh, Spawn runs into a uh, an agent of Heaven, and she's like been an assassin throughout all, like all uh, for millennia. She's been an assassin going around assassinating Hell Spawn, and it is revealed mm. in one of her. Uh, in one of her uh, flashbacks that she was the person that uh, Genghis Khan was a hell spawn and she was the one who mm. killed him and she killed him in the middle of fucking him. 
<laughs> but that that is a thing in human history. Like, I'm not using Spawn as an example of human history, but yeah, like assassins killing their targets during sex is an actual thing. So yeah, as like. It was also a good way for them to show. It was also a good way for them to show boobs. I, I think mm-hmm. what it. I, I feel like the show tried to manipulate us into not recognizing all of the plot holes they left all over the place. <laughs> was this? No, you're talking about Spawn or Castlevania or both. Uh, Castlevania. Spawn has its own issues, but we're not talking about those. Mm, right. Show them some titties. They won't think about plot holes. Pretty much. I mean, Game of Thrones was getting away <laughs> with it for a long time. <laughs> mm. In fact, they devised a term for it. They called it sex position. Mm-hmm. They would exposit plot stuff while someone was fucking and titties were bouncing. Yeah. You see, this is probably why all the people left us, because you're over here picking flowers and shit. They're still here. I, I always gather everything, because you don't know when you're going to need it for something, and you need a surplus. So I gather everything. Mm. It's not my fault you guys can't wait. Mm. Well, like, I was right behind you picking up the dash leaf, because I need that for a bounty. See? But, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so... uh Oh, anybody? Let's see. Uh, they're over there. Yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and pause here, and uh, uh, Gerald can't wait for. All right, so are we back? We are back. We are back. Welcome back. So Gerald's been chomping at the bit to talk about this next subject. Have I? I don't even know what the next subject is. <laughs> Although I was I was wondering why, but I guess because it's like the number one show mm. on Netflix right now. Um, oh, he was, God he, was like, he was like, yeah, well, I mean, it's like really popular. But uh, just a disclaimer, we're only talking about the first episode because I could barely get through the first episode. Yeah, it's a rough watch. Yes, so if if you don't know already, we're talking about Tiger King. Yeah, uh, basically a basic documentary about Joe Exotic and his Tiger Resort. Yeah, and this is in Oklahoma. So I guess uh, Oklahoma's trying to give Florida Man a run for his money because... uh, not only is Joe Exotic gay, he's a gay gun-toting sparkle fairy with two husbands. One who looks like he's smoked a little too much meth, and I think the other one's like a big buff black dude. Is he? I don't know. I didn't. I think so because there's a. We picture. must not have gotten there yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet because there's a picture of him hugging on like the muscled arm of a of a big black dude. Hmm. And he and he did he does have two husbands. So it's a it's a docu series about Joe Exotic and his his tiger ranch and some uh, and some chick in Florida, I think. Uh, Carla Baskin. 
Yeah, Here, and let she's... me let me check my notes. Yeah, but like the the big thing here is like Joe Exotic is the gun toting conservative, and she's the yeah Carol Basket. Yeah, and Carol's the card the card toting PETA member who is actually being a hell of a hypocrite because she's trying to get his shit closed down, but she's got her own tiger preserve where they're all in cages. Mm. Oh, and, well. and Evan, so I'm guessing she got killed. Uh, a big internet rumor on Facebook, and even OJ Simpson decided to chime in on this. He posted mm-hmm. a video about it. Uh, people seem to think Carol fed her husband to the tigers. Why do they think that? I don't know, like, you know, we're only going one episode deep on this, but that's what I've read. And just based off the interaction I saw between the two of them, he is henpecked. Like, she she wears the pants in the family, and I guess he's just there because he has money. So, I don't know. It was it was really difficult getting getting through that first episode. Yeah, it was because like like seeing seeing the one husband who's missing like half his teeth, <laughs> but Joe Joe seems to have all his teeth, but he's also rocking the uh, the Hulk Hogan handlebar mustache. And I, I have, I have to assume he's the catcher in in the relationships, because I don't know. Maybe it's just the the sparkle factor I get off of him. But yeah, it was. I mean, I've I've been subject to quite a few reality TV shows, but but this one, it was rough. Jesus, this one. This one takes the cringe cake and just runs off with it to uh, to the nearest Christian bakery and just flaunts itself. But uh, yeah. so the premise is they're doing this documentary of kind of a feud between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin because what she's trying to do is get. Joe's animal park shut down and uh, another uh, big cat preserve. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That dude, the uh, dude, I think, I think he's screwing his own animals because just the way he talked about it was like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, I think it was Dr. Bhagavan Antler. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so she's trying to get their park shut down. Now, this is only the first episode, but what I found funny is that she's only trying to get their shut down because they're big cat enclosures. She doesn't seem to be getting trying to close down any other like places. And and we get right. shown a bunch of places. We get shown like a venomous snake farm. We get shown a uh we get shown one uh a little bit of footage of like people who keep monkeys. 
So, but the only one she seems to be concerned with really is Joe. Um, mm-hmm. And what I, uh, like this, it, it's the episode is so cringy. It literally starts <laughs> off with the fir- the first person that they interview is a guy who's talking. He's like, yeah, cat people are crazy. Like he outright says yeah, cat he, people are crazy. They're out there. Yeah, he was and, the dude who produced uh, Joe's TV show or something. No, that was – oh, well, that that was the first guy we uh, interviewed. Sorry, it's the second guy that they interview. Not the guy with the black hat, but the guy after him. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, and then I the – because they don't name him, he's just man number two. They actually don't name him. <laughs> um, man number two, I like that. And uh, there's the third guy they interview, like immediately interview, and he is. Uh, I really wish you could cancel out of your attack animations. Um, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> So the third guy they interview is like, you got your monkey people who are, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're weird. They're out there. And then you have your cat people and those are all backstabbing pieces of shit. (laughs) 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 And then they proceed to show a dude with like a 10 foot long python. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, I'm not a snake person. I don't like snakes. I do not. I never have. And I probably never will. Don't like snakes. Hmm. Um, this of course, dude snakes didn't do nothing to you. I don't care. I don't like them. They don't have to. Do <laughs> they, they don't have to do something to me for me not to like them. And I didn't say I I run out trying to murder them all. I, I like I respect their right to live and to go about their living. I just don't like being around them or near them. Um. Hmm. Plus, they're snakes. They have no rights. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh. This dude has like a 10 foot long, it looked like a 10 foot long python that was more than big enough that if it decided to, it could have eaten this dude. And I'm like, fuck no. (laughs) The show goes on to talk about how uh, Joe came to start the park. He apparently mentored under Antler for a little while to figure out how uh, to make his own park successful. Like one of the guys talking talked about how uh, he would Joe would have him go to Antler's park just so that they could come back with that information to make his park like that, so it would be successful. Um, right. Yeah. They go on to talk about his feud with Carol. Um, and the thing that, okay, so this is the thing about the feud with Carol. First off, it's stupid. Second off, there is a point where he is on his TV show because Joe has, has the, he has the cat park. He has done a TV show. He has, uh, also done, I think a radio show. So he's done a TV show. He's done a radio show. He has done magic shows and he, uh, he uh what and he also did 
he uh, he did albums. He 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 came out with his own albums that he sings, as well as music videos. And they showed some footage from some of those music videos. Mm. And oh, mm. the cringe! Like oh, <laughs> I was I was like oh, I can't do like. When I first watched this, I stopped halfway through the episode. I just couldn't do it. I was, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is too much. This is too much. Too fast. And I was like, <laughs> to 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 be fair, I was self medicating with alcohol while watching it. So there's that. And so. And 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 yeah, they 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 t- they talk to some of the other uh, the other workers in the park, uh, his employees. Uh, they talk about how Carol was const- was talking to malls and uh, I think it was malls and other places. I forget the other places, but she was talking to them and getting them to not allow him to come back or to go at all. Uh, they talked a little bit mm-hmm. about how much it costs to feed the tigers, and this is what got me. So, Bhagavan, and I'm I'm probably not pronouncing it right, and I don't care. Um, but Antler, <laughs> Doctor Antler, was talking about how he gives his tigers the best care possible, and it was costing him ten thousand dollars a year per tiger, and. Mm-hmm. What they and they charge three hundred and thirty three dollars minimum for a ticket into the park. So this is hmm. this is like things that you save. This is like going to Disneyland with these kinds of prices and stuff, right? And then they go over yeah. to then they go to Joe and they're like, Joe, how much does it cost you to feed your tigers? And he's like, three thousand dollars a year. And you have how many tigers? 227. And then they go into footage of him feeding them cows, feeding them roadkill, because he they even <laughs> talk about how the local police officers, like if they came across like a runover deer or a cow or something, they would call him so he could come get it. So he's feeding them mm-hmm. roadkill. And I'm like, to keep the price down to 3000 and I'm just like, that is not a good look, Joe. <laughs> that is not a good look. Talk about how much you love these animals, and then you're feeding them roadkill. Now, to be fair, the tigers don't care. Uh, even in the wild, tigers are scavengers. They'll, they'll, if they come across a, uh, if they come across a, a carcass, a, a carcass, they'll eat it. They, like they don't have any problems with that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was just. And then they they did they did the statistic <laughs> where they were like there are more tigers in captivity than in the wild, and I thought that was false, but no, that actually is true. That is actually mm-hmm. true. There are more tigers in captivity than in the wild. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. But then again, if you also think of it like well. The tigers in captivity are given safe places to breed, and all of their cubs are actually growing to full adulthood instead of being killed in the wild before they even reach maturity. You know, a lot of them before or they, poached, yeah, or poached. Then that actually makes more sense. 
that, yeah, there'd be more of them in captivity. Um, and then they show there, – there was a part in the beginning of the episode where they show a guy who went into one of the uh, – and this was an illegal place that was selling venomous cobras. This place was illegal. They said that. That that was an illegal place. And there was a guy who showed up to buy one of the snakes, and he takes the guys and the film crew out to his van, and there's a snow leopard in his van in a cave. Mm-hmm. And from what my friend Cody was telling <laughs> me, snow leopards are the rarest cats on the planet. They're protected by law. And this dude just has one in the back of his van. And not only that, he's letting people video the fact that he had they're 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 showing his face in the video. His his face is in video and he has what is probably an illegal like it is probably illegal. It, it should be illegal for him to have it. And he's like, Yeah, here, this is my this is my snow leopard. <laughs> <laughs> my snow leopard <laughs> and the, even the film crew is like why does this dude have a snow leopard in the back of his effing van in a hundred degree weather no less <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this is this this first episode has been just a hall of fame of just I don't know what. Like, just like, uh. and then, and then the feud between Carol and Joe, which, like I said, is dumb because she's trying to shut him down. He's trying not to get shut down, but all he has to do is just continue doing business the way he's doing. And there's a there's a part of the there's a part of it where he gets interviewed, and he's like, anyone who comes in here trying to forcibly shut me down. Well, this is what they can expect. And then they cut over to a dude loading it to one of his employees loading a shotgun. And they're like, that's a he's like, I will turn this place into Waco. And the interviewer is like, that's a powerful <laughs> statement. And he's like, it is a powerful statement because anyone who tries to come in here and, uh, you know, shut down my park and take away my tigers. That's going to happen as, as long as I'm not breaking the law. And that's and, and I'm like, well, if you're not breaking the law, all you have to do is continue doing business as usual. There's nothing Carol can do if you're not breaking the law. Like she was doing some uh, was getting places. Not but there, to, is. Hmm? there is like he could be he could be operating within. Oklahoma state law within federal law, but because she doesn't like how he does things, she'll smear him. And that's what, that's what liberals do. Well, that's right. Uh, And that's what I was saying. She was talking to places and getting them not to invite him back. And even one of his employees was like, you know, us not getting invited back to certain places. Well, that was money that got us through the winter. Right. So, so Uh I get it, but his, even one of the other people they interviewed was like his dislike of her just became hate. It, it was just hate. And then on one of his mm. shows, he literally holds up a, a poisonous snake and talks about how one day Carol might open up her mailbox and one of these fellas might be in here. And it's this big-ass poisonous snake. And then Carol mm-hmm. recounts going to her mailbox one day and opening it up and out explodes a bunch of poisonous snakes. And I'm like, mm. are you fucking kidding me? 
<laughs> and and you you would think Carol's the innocent one in this. It's like no, actually, because she's just as crazy as Joe. There's a part in the video where mm-hmm. she's talking about uh, someone is feeding one of the tigers on her resort, and it tries to go for the person feeding it. Like they're feeding it through the cage bars, and it goes for their hand. And she's like, "Oh, I, I, I love that they can go from being lovable and cuddly to to wanting to tear your face off in, in, in like a second. And I'd love to have that kind of range and speed." And then she starts laughing, and I'm like, "This bitch is crazy." <laughs> like, this bitch is insane. What? <laughs> do, do you filter the things that come out of your mouth? <laughs> nope. I'm like, I was like, oh my god, nobody's, no one's a good person in this. No one's a good person in this. Wow. <laughs> like. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> this well, this documentary is um, just, uh, just based uh, just based off of the things I've seen talked about. I think the husband was innocent, but that's why she fed him to the tigers. Okay, what is this feeding him to the tigers thing? What what happened? I don't know. It's probably something later in the series. Well, well, where did you get this from? Where did you hear that she fed her husband to the Tigers? Well, OJ said it on the video he posted. Well, OJ said it, said that the husband was Tiger and uh, other people who I assume are in in quarantine and have nothing but time to watch shit like this. Mm have seen through the entire series maybe he he dies or something or he appears i'm i'm not sure but that's that's what i've been seeing in my facebook feed uh, it looks like they're attacking the scarner uh well that's what i was trying to figure out like is her husband dead I don't. I don't know. I I stopped at the first episode cuz i couldn't deal with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. It's uh and, and that is that was like white cringe. That's coming from a white person. It was pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Fine, you guys work on that. Yeah. I'll keep this one's attention. Oh, someone's down. Oh, you're down. Yeah, me. Uh, uh hold on a second. Watch yeah, out. I know. Trying to look it up. The hell is he doing? Okay, uh, go help them, because uh, I think your weapon will be better, more useful than my sword, and I'll try to keep this thing busy. Oh, really? That slide is annoying. Mm-hmm. Oh, now they're tag teaming. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, lure this this one away, but. I'll see the attack coming and it'll be really televised, but because I'm in the middle of a but because I'm in the middle of a combo, I cannot dodge out of it. (sighs) And it only tele and the thing is it only televises itself 
when I'm already in a combo, so I can't react to it at all. <laughs> right. All right. So, any any other thoughts on uh, on the cringe special? <laughs> I I don't know what else to say about it. Sounds like a bunch of it. Just a bunch of just. Uh, just a bunch of grown people acting like children. Uh, mm. Mm. Like, I don't know. Oh, I remember I was listening to someone talk about it as well. And they pointed out the fact that you go to Dr. Antler's park and then you go to Carol Baskin's park and everything's fine. And then you go to Joe's park and people are missing limbs. And <laughs> like one of his employers, one of his employees has two, uh, has two, uh, what are they called? Uh, prosthetic limbs, has two prosthetic legs. <laughs> and someone pointed that out and I was like I didn't see that so when I watched it the second time I was like I was looking for it and I saw I only saw the one guy though but then again I've only watched the first episode and a lot of the people talking about it have watched half if not all of the season so yeah So I I don't know what else to say yeah. about it. It's just just it's crazy, and it's it's the number one, the number one show on Netflix. Right oh, now. I'm not surprised because it's it's a spectacle. I was talking to yeah. uh, I was talking to Crit about this too. <laughs> I was also talking to Crit about the show, and I was talking about how what it is is it is a train wreck. So everyone wants to see what's mm. going on with mm. the train wreck, right? Mm. But you get up to it and you start going mm. down the cars and you start seeing the passenger cars. And the further down the train wreck you go, the worse it gets until you get to a point where you stop and just throw up and, and just try to get back to your car as quickly as you can. That, that's that's this show. It is a train wreck, and you go because you're like, oh, a train wreck. What happened? Because because that because uh, that Makraba because that uh, that morbid fascination with stuff like that that humans have. But then you macabre, yeah, yeah, macabre's the word. And then you for. then you start you know going further and further down it, and it's like, oh, this was. Oh no, this is way worse than I was expecting it to be. I cannot <laughs> handle this. <laughs> like that like that's that's what this show is. You get to that like seventh car and all those torn apart bodies and you're throwing up and then you're just trying to get back to your car. You just want to leave. You just want to <laughs> leave. Right. <laughs> all right. So uh We'll take this opportunity here to pause and we'll uh, get on to our COVID segment because I've, I've got a couple things to talk about that have happened in this past okay. week. So, so taking a break, I'm going to go uh, use the bathroom as well. Sounds like a good idea. So we will be back in a few minutes. Stay. Uh, we all here? If you can hear me, David, I can't hear you. No, oh, sorry, I have myself muted. <laughs> <clears throat> so
So welcome back, everybody. Uh, unless you've got anything else, this will probably be our last topic for the podcast. Uh, just some reporting on the wonderful COVID-19 that's been raging across the world. So like I did last time, I'll go over some, some of the statistics. Specifically for where I live in North Carolina, there's 2,402 confirmed cases, 24 deaths, no recoveries. For the U.S., and this is as of today at 5.23 p.m., uh, 305,341 confirmed cases, 8,283 deaths, 14,451 recoveries, worldwide 1 million, we'll just say 1.187 million confirmed cases, 64,000 plus confirmed deaths, 245,000 plus uh, recovered people. So, yeah. Yeah, which when you put it into the context of how many people are actually on the planet, isn't much. But the reason that is, it's because people have been self-quarantining, keep it, it, it's, it's keeping the spread down. These numbers would be astronomically bigger if people were just going about their normal days. Hmm. Um, well, funny enough, uh, there's a meme I saw on Facebook that just kind of really rings true. And it's like a picture, like the, it's a two picture, like a side by side comparison. First mm -hmm. picture is like a family of four sitting in the house all on their phones. And the caption is before the pandemic. And then the next picture is everybody out walking around in the sunshine, dude riding a bicycle. The caption is people during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> No, continue. Go ahead. No, continue. So, continue. yeah. So, like, people are like non-essential people are being told to, you know, self-quarantine. Well, they're taking this as an opportunity, like New Yorkers, and I guess in a in a sense, I could understand them trying to flee the state, but. Y'all going from New York to Pennsylvania or to Florida or to, you know, any other place, you're just possibly spreading it that much further. I was actually going to ask, where do they think they're going? <laughs> like, wh where do you think you're going to go? Like, this, this isn't like... <sighs> this isn't like an infestation of vermin. Like, like the like your cities are being overrun by rats. So if you just leave New York, no more rats. No, this is a virus. You, you, you leaving right. the city is not doing anything. And like David said, is potentially spreading it because we found that some people we've already we were already told that the symptoms may not show up for four days. So for four days, four you could be well, that was later. Initially, when the outbreak happened, we were uh, it was said that the symptoms wouldn't sh didn't show up for like four days. So for four days, you're just carrying it around and spreading it. 
because you don't know you have it. Now we right. found now recently we found that you could have it and not show any symptoms of it and not even be sick, but you're carrying mm-hmm. it and spreading it. So even if right. you go, well, I'm not sick, it doesn't mean you don't have it and that you're not spreading it, which is why the tests are really important and the government's kind of screwing the pooch there. But Well, uh, funny enough, you should mention it was the Irish that came up with the 15-minute test. Oh, what's and the 15-minute test? Like you, you get tested, you find out the results in 15 minutes. Oh, okay. And that led to the joke that, you know, if they kept the pubs closed in Ireland, they could come up with, uh, like, perpetual motion or, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of advanced technology shit. Because <laughs> that all came about because of the social distancing and, you know, closing all the bars and everything. You so assume that they're not working on that right now. <laughs> right. And, uh, so, so there's that. Oh man, that's so going to be a South Park episode. <laughs> 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 I can just already see that coming. <laughs> Seamus, what have you got there? I've got cold fusion. How did you come up with that? Oh, they closed the pubs down, so I had nothing better to do. Yeah, nothing better to do. <laughs> Turns out that it's not the Asians that are stereotypically intelligent. It's the Irish, but, you know, the drinking and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, okay, so so there's that. So people are, are kind of treating this like a vacation, which they shouldn't be. Like, well, well if, they if should if be I treating was... it like a home vacation. They shouldn't be treating it like let's go on a cruise or go camping vacation. No, it's a stay yeah. at home, buy all your favorite movies and a lot of popcorn vacation. It's Netflix and chill. Download a <laughs> download a couple video games, beat them three times. Yeah, things like that. And uh, also, interestingly, and. In, uh, well, not interestingly enough, but there's a, a couple other cruise ships that uh, last I had heard, they wanted to dock in Florida. And the governor was like, nah, you go out to like international waters and wait there indefinitely until this thing's contained and taken care of. Mm. And one of the cruise ships had like four people who died from the virus on it. Oh, well, then, yeah, you guys got to stay out there. We will remote control <laughs> boat food out to you, but you can't know. No, you've already got deaths. Uh-uh. We'll send medical supplies and stuff to sedate and control it for the people who have it and are showing severe symptoms. But mm-mm. no, no, can't. Yeah, well, no. The, the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard's already out there, too. Uh and it's one cruise ship had four dead, so they another cruise ship, I guess, pulled up beside them, and the people who weren't infected went on to that cruise ship. Mm-hmm. So there's the cruise ship with the at least four dead and infected people. There's the cruise ship that has the not infected people, but still, the Florida governor was like, nope, you stay out there. 
Yeah, I don't know what's so hard to understand about human contact spreads it, and that is killing people. Stop it. <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> stop touching people. Yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> <sighs> And yeah, so um, then, um, so I'll go with the the two Navy hospital ships. So there was a a very known liberal leftist personality when uh, the president had said, "Well, we're going to get one of these hospital ships up there to you within the week," and she was all like, "Oh no." It's not going to be within a week. It's going to be weeks before that ship gets there. Well, lo and behold, the day after she made that comment, here comes that hospital ship in the port. Yeah. Well, if we had a dime for every stupid remark a politician made. <laughs> no, this wasn't a politician. This was a like someone on, on news. Like a news anchor? Yeah. It was uh, Laura Ingram. Oh, jeez! It's spreading. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't want to I didn't want to name names, but it wasn't a politician that said it. It was a it was a commentator. Ah, no, no, she was reacting to the president saying that the the hospital ship would be to New York in like a week. Wait, isn't her isn't it her job to have accurate information? You would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> you? You would think that the news would need to have accurate information huh? about that. Oh, and uh, since you bring that up, um, one of those left-leaning uh, news companies was uh, in a report about what's going on in New York City. They used footage from Italy. Wait, what? And tried. Yeah, so uh, I think it was the that that one three letter network that begins with C and ends with NN. Mm-hmm. They used footage from a hospital in Italy to and tried to pass it off as footage from a hospital in New York City. Uh, why would they? Of course, they did. Any explanation yeah, for and, why uh, they tried to do this fraud? Uh, not that I've seen yet, but I had uh, I had an interaction with uh, <clears throat> a leftist who was saying, well, well, because of HIPAA laws, they can't really show footage in the hospital. You know, people need to stop, like, they need to stop making this a thing. Otherwise, people are going to shout fake news. And I was like, um, isn't it kind of disingenuous to, to use HIPAA law as the reason why they used footage from another country? Because, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've slept and drank since the last time I've seen footage of an American hospital, but I'm sure you can obtain it as long as you blur out a patient's face, their name, mm-hmm. things like that. It's actually done all the time. And why would it not yeah. be okay to do it in American hospital, but it would be po- fine to do it 
in another hospital somewhere else. And I'm not talking about law wise, but just ethically. If we like here in America, if we have a law against doing it in the hospitals, why would it then be morally okay to just go to someone else's hospital in another country and do it? Why would that be okay? Mm, well, as long as it gets <laughs> eyes on article clicks on the internet. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, if there's one thing hmm. about, yeah. if there's one thing that a pandemic does, it points out all the dumb fucks. <laughs> like I actually was talking about that with uh with uh two of my friends and I was like this is really morbid to think but what if this is just nature trying to kill off all the stupid people because hmm. those who are taking this seriously and being smart about it are doing the self quarantining and everything they can not yeah. to spread it and all the dumbasses are going out and having picnics in parks <laughs> right, and funny you should funny you should mention that too, because uh, our our liberal governor here was all like, yeah, yeah, you know, where you know people need to self quarantine, and only essential people should be out, but we're gonna keep our greenways open. Well, as long as that governor is the one tending to them, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah spoiler alert oh yeah 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 i know <laughs> they're not gonna put themselves in danger but everyone else ah, eh, they're expendable <laughs> yeah uh, go ahead yeah, i keep we don't care. i keep telling people the people who make these policies don't care about you they're GameStop. They're sitting at home working through emails <laughs> while making people go to work at, while making everyone else go to the stores and work and actually be exposed to the threat. <laughs> like they're 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 mm. GameStop. It's like Oh wow, that's interesting. I can see someone's eyeballs, like their face hasn't actually spawned in yet. So they're it's like hair and eyeballs. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, so there's, I don't remember the, here, let me look it up right quick. Um, I think one of the ship's names is Hope. And maybe the other one is Compassion. Let me see. Comfort. Uh, USS Comfort. <laughs> Comfort and Hope, I think, are the names of them. So there's one in California and one in in New York. Now, also, um, another thing, the Samaritan's Perch is a Christian charity organization uh, that's run by, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, I said it last night. What was his name? Uh, say again, start from the beginning. The Samaritan's Purse. So they set up a, a hospital in Central Park. Oh, you were telling me about that, but I don't remember the name. Uh, Graham. 
was Billy Graham's kid. Ah. And and of course, you know, they're like all the all the naysayers and the and the shitters were like, oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna help LGBTQXYZA people or whatever. And then here's Graham like, uh, we will help whoever needs the help. Uh, we won't turn anyone out. And essentially, like this, the Samaritan's Purse Hospital and the Navy ship, they are there to take the non-COVID patients mm-hmm. out, so the hospitals can focus on the COVID patients. But you know, people are going to find a a reason to to piss and moan about everything. Shit, find a place to hide. Take this opportunity to reload. Oh, it's after you guys. <laughs> so, so there was that, <clears throat> and then another interesting thing that happened in California: some railway engineer, as in the guy who drives the fucking train, decided it would be a good idea to take the train he was driving, derail it. And try to crash it into the Navy ship that's there in San Bernardino. I think it was San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And his reason for it was, well, if I crashed it into the ship, it would bring attention to what was in the ship. Because I guess um, he thought it was like an invasion force or something. Well, did he say why he thought that? No, but you know, I'm I'm guessing a big old fucking ship painted white with red crosses on the side is uh, actually just an an invasion a ship full of an invasion fleet or some shit. But you know, to play devil's advocate, uh, worse shit was done in World War Two than that. Hey, uh... <laughs> like, like it'd be different if he had like if he thought like if he had reason to think that uh something else was going on but it doesn't sound like he even had reason to think he just saw a ship and was like must be an invasion my <clears throat> so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say this i hope this guy doesn't watch or listen to alex jones <laughs> Because that would explain so much. Mm. And having said that, I've I've listened to uh, several of his uh, of the Infowars shows, and uh, yeah, they're uh, help. I need assistance. Um, there we go. Finally got that one. Just trying to get that one guy. You kindly get the fuck out of my way, please. Thank. Oh, Jesus, there's the other one. Yeah, because a lot of his theories are way out there, and I think he was the one behind the whole Pizzagate thing, where that well-thinking dude uh, took his friggin' AR-15 into a pizza shop because he thought there were pedophiles hiding children there. You can think a thing, but you need... 
like evidence, something that legitimately, you know, that would give you a legitimate reason to believe it, not just it's a pizza parlor. It must be hiding pedophiles and their child victims. Like, well, like, okay. So the uh, <laughs> the thing was, it was it was Alex Jones or someone that Alex Jones had quoted, mm-hmm. and like, and uh, you know there there is a there is a tad bit of truth in in fiction sometimes. Well, which is fine, but you know, case in point the whole Epstein thing. So like Jones has this whole uh, conspiracy theory that all the world elites are pedophiles. Mm, Wouldn't surprise me. Well, you know, considering they found what Prince Andrew went to Epstein's Island, Bill Clinton went to Epstein's Island. Um, but like he had said that Hillary had like a, a grooming and pedophile like storage operation or some kind of crazy shit at a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. So this dude acting on that quote unquote intel went to the pizza parlor gun in hand demanding that they release the kids. Uh, it Was that the only Which, pizza parlor? Was it? by name like did someone point out this specific one or did he just go to a one that was there i do not remember the full extent of it but it was that it, that in and of itself was a uh, was a convenient stool pigeon or scapegoat for gun grabbers to be like oh see this guy's crazy we don't need people having guns and blah 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 and this that and the other thing well right we'll completely miss the point that the problem wasn't the gun it was the fact that the guy was crazy like he went in with anything he had at his disposal um but uh so you know this dude evidently thought that this this navy hospital ship which is painted white with big red crosses all over it thought it was hiding an invasion force so he tried to derail his train to hit it now of course uh he derailed the train it didn't go near as far as he had hoped so it didn't hit the ship which is good but the fact that he tried to do it not good yeah And I wasted that revive for nothing. Yep. Same here. But, uh, trying to think if there's any other. Um, any other COVID news? Not that I can think of. So. Let's go ahead and go to final thoughts. And then we'll close this up. Um, Tiger, Tiger King is a reality show about white trash. I mean, <laughs> just the truth. Uh, <laughs> like, it's literally just the truth. 
And if you have a <laughs> counter argument for me, feel free. Put it in the comments. Put it on our Twitter. Like, you got a counter argument for it. Watch that show and tell me it's not a show about white trash. Um, well, uh, so let me let me add an addendum. As is the truth with most reality shows, it's partially scripted. Oh, well. Um, but but you ain't lying, because dude with the meth mouth and yeah, it's uh, if you can get through watching the entire docuseries, my hat's off to you. I don't think I could get through it. Um, I I don't I will I will try like I did with the Rara, but I don't know. It, I'm not it's even, I'm not even gonna try. It's so <laughs> rough. Uh, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> done with the Rara, whatever it's trying to say, I'm just not getting it. It feels unfocused. It feels like it doesn't have any point. It feels like when it's working on a point, it doesn't finish the point. I, and it's and it's got it still has like another freaking like ten or more episodes. I'm no, I can't. Fifteen. Yeah, I just I I I just I don't care. I, I I the anime has not been able to get me invested in it. the The story has not been it it, it does it's not compelling to me. Hmm. That was weird. Um, it's not compelling to me. Um, my interest has waned. Like, whatever novelty... The best thing they could have did with Celti was keep her as mysterious as possible. That was the best thing that they could have done with her, and they didn't do that. Um, it made her titties bigger each episode. Well, that would have been the best thing they could have done for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, so yeah. Like to the point she couldn't ride her motorcycle because the titties were just so big and she kept, like she, she kept popping a reverse wheelie. I will say at least it would have been entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> like at this point, it's not even entertaining. Right. Um, but uh, so not gonna be finishing Dorarara. It it's I I just don't care. Um, <laughs> Castlevania is it's got its problems, but I I'm still enjoying it. Uh, like I'm I'm mm-hmm. still enjoying it. I really wish they would make rules for their universe and then stick to them. But they're doing this thing where they're not <laughs> they're not making any rules and they're just doing what and and so characters can do whatever the plot needs them to do which takes all the tension out of the out of the show um right so so we'll we'll see how that goes um but still recommend it um See Tiger King, Dorarara, uh, COVID. Don't panic. Take it seriously. Be safe. Uh, Stay inside if you're not essential. Wash your hands at least every ninety minutes. Yeah, and 
and do your damnedest to not touch your face. That's something that I'll probably not be able to break myself of just because I have the mustache goatee combo. Well, and my nose is very itchy sometimes. But the main thing, stay safe, stay inside if you're not essential. Wash your hands. Six feet. Six feet back, motherfucker. All that good stuff. So continue with your final thoughts. No, that was it. That's that's pretty much it. Um, you just take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Can't, what? Um, do these... Do the, the turrets that have bubbles... Are you kidding? And the shielded turrets, when you hit them, do damage and knock you away. Mm -hmm. What? Fuck, this is such a trash mechanic. This is such a trash (laughs) mechanic. Wow. That, wow. And one thing thing I forgot to mention for my my weak part of the segment... Mm. um, I pulled the trigger on the shaker and sample pack from Sneak Energy. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a on-air shout out to them. Uh, it's very tasty. The wow. stealth we got to raise ourselves tastes good. Now. The yeah, the cherry bomb tastes good. The purple storm I think is the most interesting flavor of it. And okay, one shot, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, if uh... Uh, I was yeah. trying to keep the turrets under control, but the shitty mechanics were like, "No, you're not allowed to." So no. Well, for me, it was the damn slap badger and his belly sliding across the fucking ground. Yeah, but yeah. So, if you want to try something new for an energy drink. You know, give give sneak a try. Maybe somebody will listen to the podcast, and they can uh, we can make them a sponsor, and they'll send me some more because it's pretty good tasting. I only have one pack of cherry bomb left. Well, they're not going to support you. Just give them free advertising. <laughs> well, you know, I I told them on Twitter I was going to mention them on on the show. So. Ah, gotcha. So yeah. So, you know, that's all I got. Okay. And still just fucking dull Arkstone. The fuck? Bullshit. But everybody have a good day. Have a good week. Stay safe. And hopefully you'll be back next time. And we will see you all next time. Have a good rest of the day.